Show on the Florida Man Radio Network for a Friday. Our last broadcast on this frequency. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, where Biden's DOJ and FBI have arrested just one of the some 60 journalists who are on the Capitol grounds January 6th covering it that day. And I'll give you one guess. As to why, day 1142. He put the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon to you. Putting the heat in Heather. Hey, guys. On the phones. Double H is here. We'll do Dark History as usual. Hour three, our buddy, movie man Mike, will join us at the top of the final hour of the program. And your remarks. <clears throat> so stellar are they all. This is the stuff you see in China, Myanmar, Syria, Saudi Arabia, where they arrested journalists. We'll get to that story, uh, a Steve Baker story. It's just uh, it's tragic. But uh, first, there is, I think, uh, uh, fitting breaking news. The University of Florida <laughs> has terminated all DEI employees... To comply with a new state regulation, we owe that to the great Governor Don, uh, what's his name, Ron DeSantis? I was going to call him Don DeSantis. Fired all employees in any position related to DEI. Um, they say they've closed the office of the chief diversity officer, eliminated DEI positions and administrative appointments, halted DEI-focused contracts with outside vendors. Thirteen positions were eliminated, and 15 administrative positions were ended for faculty. Uh, that's going to save them $5 million a year for jobs that just, you, they just made up out of nowhere. They just made them up and had no proof that they were actually doing anything. We'll see that. We'll see the difference now. I guarantee you, uh, the employees will get 12 weeks of standard pay. Uh, they're encouraged to reapply for other positions at the university, uh, the U- U.S. Chief Diversity Officer's website describes the office mission as to as charging the charging the inclusive excellence strategy for the University of Florida. They uh, they note on the site that inclusion is one of UF's six core values. So we don't need a five million dollar division to include it. A five million dollar division of stuff that absolutely wreaked havoc in in all of the major. Studies where there have been students at the same school during the same time they were pre DEI and post DEI and interviewed about the differences. None of them felt any more well. They felt less welcome and less uh, belonging 
to the university and to the student body. There was no positive experience for these people at all. The only thing it did was satisfy some white liberal lady somewhere that we, that, you know, they, they've, got, they've got the DEI on the lockdown. Um, yeah, that's, that is uh, really great news, especially if you've got a kid uh, soon to be applying there. Um, I find this really funny. Uh, NBC News did a story on President Biden's team and how they're increasingly taking extraordinary measures to keep him away from any Palestinian protest activity. They have withheld like super precise locations until after he arrives. Like, well, he's going to be in such and such city with so-and-so, but they don't know where, and they, they announce it late, or they uh, uh, they have hiked prices at other fundraiser-style events where he's going to speak, so the, you know, we'll weed out the riffraff <laughs> that way. They can't, they're they not going to pay to come in and protest. Uh, they've hired an, an, uh, outside companies to vet attendees of events in totality you know, they get the list in advance. They want to make sure there's no terrorists on there. Uh, and they've hired outside companies to, to vet them to make sure they're not activists. And here's my thing. I mean, why? Anywhere this, this clown goes, in, in, in Brownsville yesterday, he was greeted by, uh, by a bunch of haters. He honking their horns, flying the Trump flag, screaming at him. Um, that's why they got him as far away from the, the crowd as they could. Um, are you are you trying to protect him, his feelings? I think he's been trying... this all of his life. He has to have built up a big enough skin to deal with some people yelling at him. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem. I think they're trying to stop the imagery of him walking past a uh, a protest. Uh, they don't want the pictures of him and protesters behind him or people yelling at him or you things like that. You can't beat that. The the the. Uh, the visual of, of those those people that put all the blood on the outside of the White House and the you know the the, the Palestinian protests out there, I mean I guess yeah having him and the um like a bunch of people screaming at a, at an event. <laughs> Remember the run up to the 2020, he'd had those little events and there'd be guys like a block and a half away <laughs> honking their horns like crazy. You could hear. It. <laughs> I mean. <clears throat> As long as you're not keeping protesters away from him, you know what I mean. I mean, uh, this is the game, brother. This is what this is politics. When you when you do some things or uh, you don't do some things, uh, people are going to show you. And if you tick off a liberal, odds are on one of some of their key causes, brown people in foreign countries, uh, uh, their ability to kill babies, uh, you know, things like that, they're going to gather in mass and. and scream and yell and glue their genitals to a, a street sign or something. Uh, the They say their efforts have resulted in zero disruptions at events at the White House or the campaign uh, they've organized for Biden in, five, in the last five weeks since he was interrupted by a dozen times by abortion rights spe- uh, his abortion rights speech in Virginia. Uh, but he's appearing in front of fewer and fewer voters. That's the problem. He's not personally engaging with people, probably because he's mentally incapable of engaging with people. But um, they say he's better in small venues. That's where he thrives. <laughs> yeah. 
except when he gets in the face of a person and calls him a liar or, yeah. or wants to you know wrestle them or, or, or do some push-ups yeah. or something or um, he doesn't he's not reaching as as many people organizers are talking about uh, whether they'll continue to hire private companies to vet attendees uh, the local co- the lowest cost tickets will be set at a price higher <laughs> we can uh, price out the riffraff uh, to interest only the real support supporters. And moderators of the discussion with three presidents, uh, they're going to do it with three, what's Barack Obama, Bill Clinton for NBC, right? Uh, Stephen Colbert, whom the campaign sees as low risk, friendly choice. When is that? Sometime this month. Um, I don't know. He had a recent stop in Detroit, East Palestine. Uh, in Culver City, California, they're kept under wraps during his arrival. Pro-Palestinian protests still gathered along the motorcade routes and outside the venues in Michigan and Ohio, but they were kept at a distance. And when he visited New York this week uh, to tape an appearance for the Seth Meyers deal, the protesters were gathered in the lobby of the building. Mm-mm-mm. Well, <clears throat> it's part of the... It, it, I don't, you know... Yeah, but the last optics they want is Biden arguing with a protester. If somebody was to get close enough that he could yell and back and forth with each other, and you know I mean, he, he gets... He's quick. not going to say anything. He never says... You know, these people, he'll say, don't jump. That's about as that's the only no, gig he, he's got up there. Well, I mean, he's he's famous for it. He's gotten into some arguments before, at least back I know, like face ago. to face, yeah. But, there, you know, these protests, are, protests will continue, and, you know, that's part of the whole deal, you know? I don't know. Um, so there's a guy named Steve Baker. He's a journalist. He was an independent journalist on January 6, 2021. Um, he covered the January 6 riots, uh, photographically with some video. He wrote quite heavily about it. He, some of the work he sold, uh, uh, you know, he's a well-known guy. He's been around. Um, so between then and sometime last summer, Steve Baker joined The Blaze, uh, Glenn Beck's outfit. It's just a, a great, uh, uh, just a really great, uh, what would you call it, format, platform, whatever. Um, and they did contact him. FBI contacted him two years ago about January 6th. He was there, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, yeah, I'm a journalist, whatever. And he offered he offered to give them. He said, look, i got a lot of tape. I've got a lot of uh, photographs. Uh, uh, you're welcome to all of them. I'll send them to you. Uh, you can have all of that if it'll help you guys. Uh, and then he went to work for Glenn Beck at The Blaze. A very, you know, it's a conservative outfit. Um, well, it's more than that. It's, you know, it's, Glenn does a lot of things that, that a lot of guys can't talk about on regular radio. Um and for that, he has been arrested after he starts working for the Blaze, and so his you know information and 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 writings appear, and and uh, he gets catches the FBI's eye again, uh, and they told him to, to self-report in Dallas, and they made sure that they told him um, when you self-surrender, uh, we suggest that you wear just uh, shorts and flip-flops. That's so they could give them the whole personal humiliation treatment. He wore a suit. He's like, I'm, I, you know, you wear whatever you want. They suggested that. Um, well, they give I, him a cavity search? I, I don't know why. <clears throat> um, probably because they're, they want him to, they're trying to uh, frighten him, uh, scare him. You know, you're going to be put in a jumpsuit right away. So blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't, from what I'm told. 
Um, they, they wanted to just do the, the perp walk with him, the prison, because he had a report to the FBI from the FBI. He was taken down to the courthouse, federal courthouse in Dallas. Uh, he said, I, they didn't have to go to this trouble. We've been told that my charges were only misdemeanors, and my attorneys had been assured that this would be an in-and-out affair with no intention to detain me, but rather than issuing a simple order to appear, they went the arrest warrant route. He noted the charges are yet unknown. We know them now. They're all misdemeanor charges. They did cuff him and shackle his ankles for this court appearance. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, so, or, I mean, we literally, that's, this is what Putin does. You've got a guy out there, a reporter, a journalist. He was on site. He wasn't doing uh, the the video. Uh, I uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it described to me. And it was the, he, there's video of him in there that's been released, and he's just leaning against the wall. He's taking shots. He's got his tripod there. He's got a camera. He's making notes, um, uh, and he, and then he leaves after about like uh, thirty minutes. So. If they're arresting him, why haven't they arrested every other single journalist that we've seen that has gotten all those great photos? Because all those pictures of uh, such as the uh, uh, you know the QAnon shaman sitting at the right. stand, those were not taken by amateurs; those were taken no. by journalists. Yes, they were taken by uh, there. There are at least these are the these are the time, New York Times reporters that were there that day: Nicholas Fandos, Luke Broadwater, Emily Cochrane, Nicholas. Emily, oh, those are just two. There were uh, there were four New York Times reporters, journalists in there, and as S- Steve um, Baker said, while he was there, he watched people come through the window, or he saw before he walked in, and he said the fourth or fifth person that went through that window, the broken window into the ca- into the Capitol, was a New York Times reporter. Yeah. So every one of them should be arrested. None of them have been, not one of them have been arrested. I mean, this is, it's, it's insane. This is what you do. You jail your opponents. We're no better than, than, than Iran. We're no better than, uh, Putin. Biden is Putin. They, they claim to think he's dangerous. Well, you, you, you apparently admire him a great deal. That's really. Effed up. Um, <clears throat> an appeals court decision uh, may cause a judge to go back and reduce about 100 Jan 6 sentences. <clears throat> D.C. Court of Appeals said the defendant's sentence must be recalculated uh, because of an improper use of federal statute allowing more time to be added to the penalty. That's that judge, that bitch, that federal judge. The prosecutors say we recommend, uh, you know, four years. Okay, eight years it is. Conk, conk. It'll force them to recalculate and reduce punishments of more than 100 defendants. They've been asking them to do an administration of justice enhancement. <clears throat> the Justice Department, the DOJ, has been asking the judge to do this. Do you please add a, quote, administration of justice enhancement in connections uh, 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 with federal sentencing guidelines. Um, but DOJ has argued that Jan 6 session in Congress held to s- certify the results of the 2020 election should not be considered as the equivalent of a judicial proceeding. Uh, the administrative administration justice enhancement uh, is in connection with federal sentencing guidelines encourage the designation to be added if the case disrupts a judicial pr- proceeding, which it wasn't a judicial proceeding. 
Man. There's, there's a couple of judges involved. Larry Brock's one of them. Um, but what's her name? I forget her name. Anyway, so some of those guys are going to get out a little bit early, uh, uh, you know, than they thought. Um, a judge has held Catherine Herridge in civil contempt for refusing to divulge a source. I have never heard of 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 this happening. I mean, in the United States, the number one thing a privilege that a journalist gets is not having to reveal their sources. Right. I mean, that's freedom of the press. And Catherine Herridge, also an acclaimed investigative reporter, uh, not in the bag for anybody. You can tell by her work. Um. She did a, a series in 2017, some articles on a Chinese-American scientist uh, probed by the FBI. The judge imposed a fine of $800 a day that uh, until she gives up the source. By the way, she's recently been fired. She had time to file appeal before the fine uh, goes into effect. She immediately refused to answer questions about her confidential services, uh, sources, invoked her First Amendment rights, uh, and uh, in doing so, under oath. Scientist, name is Yang Ping Chan. He's, he, uh, the FBI uh, is seeking identities of those that leaked the information about it, their investigation. Chan was ever charged in the probe. So... The judge ruled that Chen's right to, to know allegedly who leaked the information for purpose of her lawsuit is paramount to Herridge's free speech rights and responsibilities. So the scientists are upset because the information was leaked that after the FBI was investigating them and, and Herridge obviously had sources. Uh, and But yeah, she doesn't, you know, unless we're beholden to some Chinese scientist for some reason. Cooper wrote uh, that he recognizes the paramount importance of a free press in our society, and the court has its own role to play in upholding the law and safeguarding judicial authority. I don't, you know, I'd never heard of it before. It, all of a sudden, you you don't have the, you don't have that freedom any longer. Nope, not uh, when they want the information that you have. All, I mean, every day we are more and more uh, like some communist country. It's disturbing. Uh, um, this is really wonderful. You know, hunger all over the world, hunger, uh, we, everything. I don't know how UNICEF is that a hunger outfit, all these uh, you know, I've had a, I've seen enough uh, a bloated black kids with flies on their face. We're talking about hunger. We eating porridge out of a tin pan. You know, uh, it appears now though we've done a complete one eighty. While hunger was the uh, 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 the uh, the number one global uh, threat to global health. I mean, I, I mean, we've done a one eighty. Now obesity. Obesity is now a greater risk to global health than hunger. We got too many fat kids running around. Yes, we do. We have way too many fat. Literally, uh, there are, I read today, the numbers are around currently what they consider uh, the number of people suffering from malnutrition from hunger in America. I mean, in the, on the globe is around eight, 700,000, 800,000. Well, 
Now there's one billion obese fat people in the world, and we here. Here's the good news: we're not the we're not number one in this. In this, <laughs> oddly enough, we are not number one. But we have done a total 180. There are still oh, don't get me wrong. There are still people starving to death. <laughs> We've just the obesity number has surpassed them. <laughs> I was surprised though when I saw the number for the higher and. It- China. There's a bunch, yeah. apparently a bunch of fat Chinese yes. babies running around. Oh yeah, I love a cute Chinese baby, don't you? Uh, 159 million children and adolescents are obese. 879 879 million adults have a weight that is so high relative to their height that it classifies them as obese, the equivalent of around one in eight people. Rates of underweight people dropped among children and adolescents. I don't know if that's a good way, uh, good news or not. America, we always think that we're the fattest. I, I did. But they keep telling us. But we're not. Here is the good news. Tonga. Tonga. Tonga, Tonga. Tonga, American Samoa, Polynesia, and Micronesia, Cook Islands, are all fatter than we are. But fat over there means you're like a god, you know? Yeah, they're, they're happy being fat. I mean, you're if you're fat in one of those countries, you're celebrated, you put a lay around your back, and you just, you know, it's just time to... Oh, you're the fatty fat. Oh. Oh, all right, we'll take a break. When we return, more on fatness. I mean, it, it, you can't... That's quite an ironical situation. <laughs> Yeah, so do we, we're done, we don't have to worry about those commercials where they send, like, your your coffee saves one kid? I think we need to come up with a new commercial, uh, because this is, believe it or not, they they consider obesity a malnutrition problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. food deserts, we're just getting them all Twinkies. Big fat people, uh, uh, sweaty with flies on their face. (laughs) Hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life. Thanks to Children International and Friends Like You, dreams are coming true. Together we help children to learn, grow, and thrive. Learn more at children.org. Hawaiian diet, right? Uh, what is it? Uh, what's it like? God, you son of a bitch. A lot uh, of rice. Okay. Uh, here. I, uh, I, when I think of American obesity, I mean, we drive by the main number one reason for American obesity every day. You know, we, we participate at, you know, at various levels. Uh, we eat a lot of uh, fast food, crap food, you know, uh, bread in America. It would be considered cake in France because of the amount of sugar that's in it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, two liters of soda are flying off the shelves. Uh, there's, it's easy to see. Plus, you know, uh, just being sedentary on your phone and playing a game or whatever. But when I think of the American Samoa, I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's uh, fish, uh, a lot of shellfish, a lot of uh, fruits, uh, a lot of rice. Um, I, they say the availab- on these islands, the, avail- the availability of unhealthy food versus healthy food is thought to be behind the soaring obesity rate- rates. 
I just don't. I, when I think of an of, a, of an island, you know, in the uh, in the uh, in Polynesia, Micronesia, in the Cook Islands, I think of you know we're eating mangoes and and uh, off a tree and uh, you're you know spearing some fish, eating fresh diets. But I know that Hawaii really loves their spam. Maybe that has something to do with it. Mokoloko, and uh, you know, it's a lot of. You know, rice and and hamburger patties with gravy and uh, 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 macaroni salad. So it's not their traditional. I mean, they're not eating the same American Samoa diet today than no. they were before we introduced them to McDonald's and uh, uh, gravy and such. <laughs> I mean, we invented body positivity here. It's clear why uh, why we have the obesity rates among young kids quadrupled between the mid-90s and 2022. Quadrupled. Um, the, uh, uh, blah, 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 that, that was uh, an increase to that same period uh, in, in 2022. Uh, women increased to 16.9 and men 41.6. Men had the world's third greatest increase in obesity rates. That a boy, guys. We don't have to. We don't half-ass anything. We do it better. Uh, just behind Romania and Qatar. And Qatar. Obesity. Uh, the between ninety-five and twenty twenty-two, the rate doubled from eleven point six to ninety-four, ninety-point four percent among girls, and eleven point five to twenty-one point seven for boys. And then you said okay you know just be comfortable in your body you know have a positive body image and somehow you were able to look down and uh, be or look in the mirror and you said hey all right i'm just i'm waiting for the uh 3 a.m uh infomercial though that's going to be uh some lady telling you for just the cost of a coffee every day you can put a fat chinese kid on a treadmill and get him going Well, that's just the problem because, you know, when you're raising uh, money to feed hungry kids, it's very easy to solve that issue. Money buys food, give food to kids, kids eat food. You know, I don't know where if you were if there was a charity for obese people because it is a malnutrition issue. Uh, we got to figure out a, 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 a commercial. Just $3 a day. We'll give that fat kid an apple instead of a hunk of cake. And then we're going to tell him run three miles. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'll figure something out. CDC has announced that people with COVID no longer need to isolate for five days. Yet another admission uh, that they don't know dick when it comes to uh, viruses. I mean, they've 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 admitted almost all the the silly little things that you know. Of course, washing your hands is always a great idea. Some people wash their their skin off their hands. Um, uh, they've admitted that the six-foot rule, we made that one up. You know, there's no science involved in the six-foot rule. That was one of my favorites because he literally said that someone, he don't, he, we don't even know who brought it up. Yeah. He brought up in a meeting. We were like, yeah, why not? That sounds good, six feet. <laughs> Remember how the, the links that, I mean, it, it it spawned an entire new industry of floor decals. Uh, remember that one guy that, that had a bar, an outdoor bar, and you could sit in a table that was on wheels and it had a six-foot hoop? <laughs> Not only did it spawn an industry of uh, six-feet decals, it helped the industry of people coming in and having to remove those six-feet decals after they had destroyed <laughs> yeah. the floors they were on. 
uh, I mean, if there's any of it was, and and and, and I, that makes me believe even even more that it really was a test of just how far we can make them go. We're just a we're rats in a cage, you know. Um, and I mean, a lot of people didn't buy it, um, but it made some people militant about six feet. Still to this day, people are militant about staying. Some people stay away from me. They don't want to be anywhere near you. People lost their effing minds about social distancing. No, oh, that's still one of my one of my all time favorite. Make my day on X is when I see one of the ones that pop up. That's uh, somebody that's been oh I made it five, the five years or four years without getting I finally got COVID and I'm blaming my family my husband was just not he went out and was un, uncareful that day <laughs> I mean I I looked and I tried I'm like all right this is this parody and I go through there and post no. I'm like no these are this is this is a person that was broken yeah. they were literally broken by this not uh, they're not immune disordered or you know somebody that probably is like a bubble boy that needs to be really protected <laughs> right right right. But they're they're broken. They they like this in their mind. They're like a boogie man for the past couple of years to the point that they are uh, now they want to divorce their husband because he may have gotten her sick with COVID. He might have been the one that got her COVID. You no longer need to stay isolated for five days. The same CDC guidance now matches the uh, advice for the flu. Uh, stay at home if you're sick, but return to school once you're feeling better or, or work. Uh, and if you've been without a fever for 24 hours. That um, that shift was very. <laughs> uh, do they want you to test anymore? The shift reflects sustained decreases in the most severe outcomes of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic, as well as a recognition that many people aren't testing themselves for COVID anyway. Folks often don't know what virus they have when they get sick, so this will help them know what to do regardless. There is, uh, you know, uh, they still th- say that COVID was the third leading cause of death in the United States last year. Or last year was the 10th. Um, you know why they did it? Because doctors urged them to. They're like, really? You're treating like they've got, you know, the plague. Um. And there's more flu right now than there is COVID, according to them as well. Oh, it's back again? The flu has come back? Yeah, we have the flu now. It's amazing that we went, you know, from uh, the year prior to COVID, I think there were 68, uh, 60 million, I think, or so cases reported. Uh, and when COVID came along, it just knocked flu out of the way. It said, uh-uh, this is our territory. You're in, you're in COVID country, buddy. And uh, it dropped from some 60 million to 1,800. That's rare at that point. Uh, so I'm reading, and you, you, we, we talked about this. We're hearing different. I got a study, a story here that about uh, Hunter's testimony. And one story says, after years of denial, Hunter finally acknowledged Joe was the big guy in the $5 million China deal. And um, it's, it went, they, they read it like this. Uh, uh Someone said, is, is, is the big guy, wait, remember that the agreement that you executed agreement, the executed agreement to create a company that was never operated. That's what happened. That's the evidence you have. He's yelling at his real, real dick. Uh, he, 
he when he said he would have picked up the phone had he saw the 10 percent big guy he said i would have told him you're out of your mind i shut it down and the evidence of me shutting it down is the actual thing you have as evidence remember that the agreement the executed agreement the execute executed agreement to create a company that was never operated that's what happened that's the evidence you have nothing to do with my dad zero when pressed about uh, his dad being referred to as the big guy. Oh, that's what was, that was Joe's. Okay. They must have misread this. When Joe was asked, he said, why do you ask such a dumb question? But this one says that Hunter didn't even notice the part about 10% from the big guy. Um, he was uh, had so much cash coming in from China. He didn't notice that somebody uh, nicknamed the big guy was about to walk away with 10% of his money. Uh, he asserted that references to the big guy that kept showing up in the investigation had to be the president himself, uh, the prosecutor. Matt Gates said, um, uh, you, you know, there's, would, why would your partner set aside 10% if you didn't know who he was, if you didn't know it was for his father? And he claims, you know, oh, I didn't see it. I, I, you know, I just read it. I must not have seen it. He's like, you, you, it would have been worth millions of dollars. Uh, I don't remember if I picked up the phone or what I did. I absolutely would have objected to it. I'm not even ever sure I, I fully read this. He doesn't know about the big guy. This is the first time he's saying he's never read it before. Yeah, he's. I understand he's being a real, uh, uh, you know, a combative. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read the uh, transcripts yet. I don't know about you though, since he his sobriety is such a threat. Democracy, boy, did he look blitzed out of his mind he, leaving the place yesterday? He did. He looked like he was coked up. So um, about time we did, we do some testing for democracy online. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I see. Uh, it looked like our day, our democracy was in danger. He just stood there. He did look effed up, didn't he? Like his catatonic in the in his eyes. Um, he did confirm that his uh, Joe had dinner with his business pals. Um. He said, I do believe Vadim was one of the one at the dinners. Um, That's when he was in Kazakhstan. He confirmed the dinners included Russian billionaire Yelena Bacharina, who transferred three and a half million to him for some quote unquote real estate deals. Uh, Devin Archer, a uh, Kazakhstani businessman, Kinis Rashkiev, who Hunter purchased a, uh, who gave them the $142,000 to buy the, the Porsche. Uh, it looks like, you know, when CNN said they were going to have a big change, no one saw a really big change happen. You lost uh, Cuomo. Well, that wasn't part of the change. Uh, some people shifted around a little bit. They may have a middle-of-the-road politician on every once in a while. Um, but the rumor is that the new CEO there, Mark Thompson, is getting ready to just blow the doors out on it wouldn't you uh yeah i think we're heading towards that world uh you got this is another industry that was bloated and fat and they gave uh, contracts out of insane dollar amounts to people that weren't bringing in that type of advertisers anymore so you have you're you're just running at a loss at all times they they say that on the chopping block are anderson cooper chris wallace wolf blitzer and jake tapper and if you look at what they make, Anderson Cooper makes $20 million a year. Did Do you really think twenty? Uh, Anderson Cooper brings $20 million worth of viewers to CNN every day? Hell no. Um, Chris Wallace and Jake Tapper each make $8 million. 
Wolf Blitzer makes $15 million bucks a year. That's $51 million tied up in salary right there uh, for a, uh, a network that's... Uh, he, he attracts... Cooper attracts 741,000 viewers. Tapper attracts 717,000. Blitzer making eight, 15 million uh, attracts fewer than 700,000. I don't know. I don't know whether paying the rest of the uh, the crew over there, but I guarantee, I think the days of this are gone. You know, the the high paid TV guys, the Sean Hannity's, the <clears throat> I just don't, you know, I, I, I don't think they exist. I think you can get a, a quality person, a journalist, a talking head that's decent and not an idiot and can read off a teleprompter and and pay him a couple of million a year. Yeah. I mean, that's the point is, uh, can you name one of those people that you're going, yep, they brought in uh, that much more worth that much money to our network when with viewers and they're not they're they just don't draw maybe there was a time when they did maybe times are changing the whole format is changing news is changing it's uh, but that's a lot of money to to uh for people that you know constantly sold the russia collusion hoax the small eight hoax the very fine people hoax you know rittenhouse All of that stuff. That's all they, they were hoax peddlers. If you re-elect Trump, he'll execute people. That's the kind of things they tell their viewers. COVID deaths are overcounted as a conspiracy theory hoax. Mass graves of native children have been found in Canada as a hoax. Uh, Trump killed the fish because he dumped all the, the f- fish food in the koi pond. Hoax. <laughs> That's some serious broadcasting. Uh, finally, uh, one federal judge in Arizona has ruled on their new voting laws. Everyone in Arizona that votes will be, be required to be a registered voter and provide proof of U.S. citizenship in order to uh, for their votes to be counted. Weird. That seems like that's how it should always be. I know, but the legislators that, that drew it up faced all these accusations of discrimination, uh, you know, that, that you're discriminating. Yes, we are. That's exactly what we are doing. We in the voting business here discriminate against non-citizens. Citizenship period is, is, is fading away. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that don't here, give a rat's here. here in this country. It yeah. is. There are many countries that it's like number one on the list of things that are important to this country. <laughs> um, Susan Bolton. The uh, U.S. District Judge there ruled that, no, it's not discriminatory. She said the state has an interest in preventing voter fraud and limiting voting to those individuals that are eligible to vote. Considering the evidence as a whole, the court concludes that Arizona's interest in preventing non-citizens from voting and promoting public confidence in Arizona's elections outweigh the limited burden voters may encounter when required to provide documentary proof of citizenship. And and, and your, uh, your driver's license won't cut it. Um, there's one there's one requirement within the law that she struck out of it, and that was asking individuals to include their state or country of birth on a state registration form. You can't do that. I mean, it's not too out of the ordinary to consider that some non-citizens in a border state may uh, try to get in and vote. <laughs> 
or somebody would try to, they're not going to do it on their own. Somebody organized and maybe paid them a hundred bucks to go and vote. There's hope for us yet. Um, I love this story in part, mainly because of this, this person that wrote it. His name is oddly Philip Hoare. It ha- I hate to bring it back, the humpback, gay, whale sex uh, topic, but it is so important to do so. Um, <laughs> this thing is written like a like a, a penthouse forum. It is insanely. <laughs> it's insane. Whales are extraordinary sensuous creatures. Those blubbery bodies are highly sensitive and sensitized. At social meetings, pods of sperm, humpback, and right whales will roll around on another's bodies for hours at a time. I've seen a group of right whales engaged in foreplay and penetration lasting an entire morning. (laughs) Oh, whale perv just checking him out? (laughs) He says, I've also watched male and female couple so blissfully conjoined they appeared unbothered by our little fishing boat as they passed underneath it and what may sound like a career of cetacean voyeurism i've also been caught up in fast moving super pod of dusky dolphins continually penetrating each other at high speed regardless of the gender of their partner <laughs> and this you know this guy's in the boat and he is just working it out oh, he's cranking this oh. dude's got flipper point porn back at home <laughs> Uh, then he goes on to say, that's why. I, he, he read the story about the humpback anal sex, and he, he just had a, a, an erection immediately. Oh, yeah. That made his entire week. Yeah. He that's, ran out of his office and to his sissy. He was like, I told you. I told you it was sexy. <laughs> uh, the, he said, that's why this week's report of the first scientifically documented male-to-male sexual interaction between two humpback whales off the coast of Hawaii is not surprising. The remarkable image of two-meter whale penis entering another male. Good Lord, dude. <laughs> I don't even know if I had the right music for that. That's a, that's a tough one. That's going to be... I don't think I do. You got something really like German? Because that sounds like some German porn. <laughs> The remarkable image of two of a two-meter whale penis entering another male leaves little room for discussion that there is a sexual component to such behavior. In fact, one of the I like this part. In fact, one of the whales was ailing, and there's been speculation that the encounter may not have been consensual, or that the healthy whale was actually giving comfort to the other whale. Hey, you're not feeling good? How about that right there? He does say off the... He likes to... He wants to give you all the... Uh, all the hot spots. Um... So he, he know all the best places to go check out some whale sex? He does. Uh, off the northwest Pacific coast of the U.S., male orcas can often leave family pods to rub their erections against one another's bellies. <laughs> <laughs> the 
this guy is into serious whale porn, man. That's, that is... <laughs> And he also wants to let you know they do it in secret, too. They leave the family group yeah. to do this. Oh, my God. Um, all of them are. Another doctor, honorary research fellow at the Scottish Association for Marine Science, said it's easy to visibly identify male homosexual sex with an extruded penis can be two meters long. It's less easy to diagnose when female sperm whales are seen cuddling. He's upset. It's harder to tell the lesbian sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These guys all know about the two-meter-long penis, though, don't they? Yeah. I mean, they're, he's, it sounds like he's really upset that he's yet to capture any whale scissoring yet, and so he's disappointed. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. Uh, when we return, Wendy's uh, has changed their mind about the surge pricing. <laughs> um. And some of the competitors are having some fun with it. We'll talk about it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. You see, our queer C has much to teach us. Mess over here. Spilled everything. You might really have to stay out of the ocean now. Oh, <laughs> me? Everybody needs to. Uh, why? Well, because you might get uh, sodomized by, <laughs> by uh, well, a apparently creature. it's it's like uh, the uh, you know the hot tub wherever Jonathan happens to be staying for a weekend. <laughs> Fanny Willis, Willis is getting it. Yeah, the closing arguments. Uh, to disqualify her are going on right now. And every time they switch to her, she looks like she's got a hell of a puss on her face. She's just all. So if she loses this, are her and Nathan Wade done or. Um, I don't know. It'd be funny if Nathan Wade stayed on and she got kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and I don't know whether we'll hear, uh, uh, you know, some type of solution to this today. We'll, we'll keep you informed. Uh, so Wendy's has dropped that stupid idea of surge pricing, Uber style pricing. Uh, Burger King uh, got out, uh, came out, and the CEO uh, Tom Curtis said, "As the leader of this company, I will never support surge pricing or charging people more when they are hungry. When our guests come to us, our, it's our opportunity to give them our very best in service and value for their hard-earned money. I like that. We're not going to charge you more when you're hungry." Um, and they gave out free whoppers. If you buy three dollars, or if you spend three bucks or more uh, today, for you get a free Whopper. They said the only thing surging at BK is the, the burger. We don't believe charging people more when they're hungry. Oh, they even say like our frame flame broiling or something like that. <clears throat> or uh, they did say something about flames. Oh yeah. Oh, they said the only thing surging at BK is the fire. We don't believe in charging people more. Yeah, sad. I thought they'd get in that. Flame broiled stuff. Yeah. Good for them. I like it when burger companies compete, you know? I like, well, I'll tell you, though, Wendy's does rule in the social media department. I mean, they rock. Um, I've never, ever, ever seen any episode of a, of the Real Housewives of, of whatever, Atlanta, New York, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I did watch one where they 
It was because it was filmed in Atlanta, and they filmed an episode in the restaurant that was in the basement of my, on the first floor of my building. The uh, real little people of Atlanta, a bunch of all the little <laughs> midget girls. <laughs> so uh, Lee McSweeney, former uh, star of Bravo's Real Housewives of New York City, uh, she uh, has sued Bravo and NBC Universal and Andy Cohen, the producer, alleging the creation of, quote, a rotted work culture that discriminated against, tormented, demoralized, demeaned, harassed, retaliated against Miss Sweeney. <clears throat> because she's a woman with disabilities. Her disabilities? Alcohol use disorder and various mental health disorders. Okay. According to the uh, to the complaint, she came she got sober right before she started filming the show. It said producers developed artificially close relationships with her through which they cultivated a treasure trove of her dark secrets with intent to place her in situations known to exist exacerbate her alcohol use disorder and mental health disabilities because they thought that intentionally making these conditions worse would create good television. Yes, they made her go to brunch. And she the waiter came by and said, there's bottomless mimosas, and she was in on it. They frequently undermined her sobriety, not only by encouraging her to outright drink, but by engaging in guerrilla-type psychological warfare intended to pressurize Miss Sweeney into a psychological break. And cause her to relapse. Uh, it also claims that Mr. Cohen frequently uses cocaine with other housewives, stars, and he rewards the cast members with favorable treatment. He denied allegation through his representative. Uh, NBC Universal is conducting their own investigation. Bravo said in a statement the network had been long committed to maintaining safe, respectable work environments for several years. We've been working with a third-party production companies to enhance our protocols and stricter guidelines on alcohol consumption. Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> um, I, I, you know, we we all know these uh, reality shows aren't really real, and if not enough drama is going on, uh, they want to stir it up. Yeah, and we know they ply them with as much alcohol as they possibly can get. Yeah, that's always a big thing. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's got a payout. She's just an average chick, right? She's not a. I mean, she's, I'm sure she's married to some wealthy dude, but hey, I'm sure she's probably one of those girls you probably hadn't didn't have to do too much to get a, a glass of wine that's in her hand. I, you know? I mean, that's what they're trying to say is she's like, well, uh, they didn't try to stop me from drinking alcohol, even though they knew I'm an alcoholic. Duh. You're not. If you're an alcoholic, you're supposed to you call your sponsor. Yeah, it's not the producer's job to make sure you stay sober. Charles Barkley uh, is on Instagram now. He was on a uh, one of his on his podcast with his podcast buddy, talking about how he joined it now. And uh, after, uh, and then he, uh, Kenny Smith said, "Look, don't don't be getting yourself in trouble on there." And he said, "Hey, have you heard correctly uh, that you created an Instagram account?" And Barkley said, "Yeah." And he said, so you're going to be sliding into people's DMs? And Charles Barkley said, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh-huh, sure, Charles. As he continued to make fun of him, he looked at Smith and said, wait, you need to teach me how to slide. <laughs> um, Smith said, that's the worst possible thing you could ever do in your position. 
he didn't reveal he's got someone doing his posts for him, but he argued that he's learning. He said, I've only had it for a week. <laughs> uh, Shaquille O'Neal derailed him before he got started. He said, you got a hashtag OnlyFans. <laughs> Shaq said, every time you need to send out a picture of you, you got a hashtag OnlyFans. And Chuck said, OnlyFans are mine? And he said, yeah, every time you send out that picture, you got a only, hashtag OnlyFans. I, I mean, I'm hoping he's putting on a bit. He's not that stupid because he also makes a ton of money being a uh, CNN host as well. So who Barkley? Yeah, yeah. I think he's fairly uh, more sophisticated. You know, as I, I think he plays he he plays a big act sometimes. He's funny as hell, though. I'd watch his show in a heartbeat. Uh, <clears throat> half of college kids are working high school level jobs a year after they graduated. What do I mean by a high school level job? Bagging groceries, uh, fat working fast food, uh, retail. 52% college grads a year after completing a bachelor's degree are working at jobs that don't require a degree. What's more, 10 years after completing their bachelor's, still 45% of them are underemployed. In other words, college is, appears to be some type of scam. Uh, most underemployed college grads are severely underemployed. Among the underemployed recent grads, the vast majority, 88%, are severely underemployed. That means jobs that need a, like jobs in office support, retail, sales, food service, blue collar construction, transportation. Only 12% are moderately underemployed. Um, that's a lot. What you studied also matters. They found the fields requiring quantitative reasoning like engineering and finance and accounting had the lowest five-year under underemployment rates, so around uh, anywhere from 26 to 30%. Health-related work, only 23% are underemployed. Yeah, don't waste your time with a sociology degree. Uh, graduates typically earn more than those. You know, <clears throat> if you had the same relative experience for a job, uh, and no degree in that field, but another guy had a degree in that field but no experience, was, is the guy with a degree you think going to get the job or get more, paid more if they both get the job? Uh, by the way, the statistics go, the guy with a degree will get paid more. That's a, that's a it, scam. It's, it's a scam, but that's what the uh, uh, jobs look at. There's a lot of jobs that will look at the guys, uh, you know, the well, he's got a degree, he must know what he's talking about over the guy that's been working for three years already in that industry. The difference in pay is significant. Underemployed graduates, even working underemployed, earn 25% more than workers with only a high school diploma. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think are, are, are we half a generation away from uh, parents' disillusioned with higher education, student debt, lo student loan debt, uh, and the cost of education, and, and this, uh, <clears throat> you know, getting a, a degree that, is not necessarily going to put you in the driver's seat of a career right when you get out of college. Are they going to advise their kids to follow in their footsteps and do it, or are they going to make other suggestions? Because, you know, I think the standard majority of parents raising kids through uh, high school are encouraging college. 
Uh, I think we're seeing a little bit of a revolution on that, though. I do think uh, as the uh, you know more of the people in that twenty-five to thirty age range that are the ones that are smothered in, in debt right now because of the fact that they felt they had to go to college and they were too stupid to figure out that if I take out two hundred thousand dollars worth of loans, I got to someday pay that back right. if I don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, they, they're becoming parents, and those are the ones that are going to tell those kids that, oh, well, uh, I mean, unless uh, unless Joe Biden comes around again and gives you all right. your money back, uh, it's better just for not get that degree. Um, <clears throat> or maybe, you know, uh, a high school kid getting ready to graduate is seeing what, I don't know if they're that observant of what's going on around in this world, but they certainly know about student debt, I'm sure. Um. And I certainly, you know, hopefully they read things like this. That's a lot of college grads being underemployed for too long. And we're in the best economy ever, remember? <laughs> celebrate it. Let's all celebrate. Uh, Letitia James has a new target. She came for Trump, and now she is coming for your steak. I don't know why the she's going after the biggest meat producer, JBS, because she, as she claims, she made, they made misleading claims about the green. Why don't we? Why don't you tackle actual crime? You know, you you went and found some ridiculous reason to bring charges for Trump, and now you're going after the largest meat producer. Uh, I honestly have a theory behind all this right now. And the fact that New York is broke, and she need, and she's going to start suing anybody she thinks she can get money out of, and hopes to you know put some more money back in the coffers up there. You think? Uh, it's uh, of all the other DAs across the country, she seems to be the only one that's trying to get these big hundred million, three hundred million, four hundred million dollar judgments. Right. Listen to the BS. The, how BS this is. Uh, it alleges that the company, which is by the way, is the world's largest beef producer, they. Uh, the meat producer, they claimed that it would achieve net zero greenhouse emissions by 2040, despite having no viable plan to meet that commitment. Uh, and there, she's suing them for false advertising because they promised to be sustainable when the meat industry is a leading contributor. To, I mean, it's flimsy as hell. It's not, they, their false advertising was not any other than it was advertising. Maybe they made a claim publicly uh, to be sustainable. Also, when the they, meat industry uh, it, 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 by by twenty forty, but they got sixteen years to be that, right? But but she she's suing the world's. They promise to be sustainable, but the meat industry is still the leading contributor to climate change. Uh, is the meat industry the leading contributor to climate change? I don't even know that that's a fact. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's. She said, well, when companies falsely advertise their commitment to sustainability, they're misleading consumers and endangering our planet. Wow. That's just a... Um, she's uh, asking the court to require the company to end its net zero by 2040 campaign and return profits to traceable to its fraudulent, deceptive, illegal practices and penalties of up to $5,000 per violation to be determined at trial. I think she's really uh, over her head. She's, uh, just, she's just money digging at this point. 
Because what was the other one that she just uh, went to as well? I know she went after the cake guy again yesterday on on X for some reason. The cake guy, yeah, the Colorado. Uh, oh, baker. really? Yeah, she brought that up for out of the blue. Uh, um. You know, lawmakers argue they expanded capital to allow the company responsible for much deforestation. Oh, JBS is the current uh, 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 enemy du jour uh, of liberals. Um, the uh, lawmakers here in the UK sent a letter to the SEC cautioning them against listing JBS. They said the giving them expanded capital would allow them to uh, deforest more forests and do more harm. Beef has the highest greenhouse gas emission of any major food commodity, and beef production is linked to large-scale deforestation. You know what all this is doing is more companies are not, they're going to abandon New York. Every industry that has any uh, 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 residence there, has any licensing there, uh, have any brick and mortar, they're going to abandon New York because now she is coming after them for the most trivial things. I mean, I don't know how you can say we're going to sue you for not meeting standards that are 16 years away. Or promising something, but you do be at this, you know, uh, net zero, whatever you want to call it, by 2040. And and what what is Letitia James using the judge that you want? But it just because it reads like this. They made that promise when the, quote, meat industry is a leading contributor to, to climate change. <laughs> okay. We're working on it. I mean, I don't know exactly when he said that. Um, he wants them to. She wants them to stop the ad campaign. I don't know. I've never seen a JBS meat ad. I maybe who who knows where it appears. Um. Yeah, the uh, they're the world leading producer of beef based in Brazil. That's where most of your beef comes from at the grocery store. Not at Moore Family Farms. Uh, in an odd, I I don't know, maybe this person is just naive. Kentucky Senator Karen Berg, a Democrat. She's made the outlandish suggestion of uh, providing, I, I suppose she means the state providing, providing child sex dolls to pedophiles to reduce the chance of them abusing children, to take the fight out of them, so to speak. She spoke to the General Assembly and said she did a little bit of research on uh, suggesting dolls uh, actually decrease the proclivity to go out and attack a child. Uh, the sh- people got really angry, um, accusing her of sexualizing kids, defending pedophiles. There's a big debate going on whether politicians over whether child sex dolls could prevent assaults on children or if they act as a gateway for potential pedophiles. Uh, She said, I was completely unfamiliar with child sex dolls, so uh, I had to, of course, Google it. But they are what they call maps, minor attracted persons, and the limited amount of research that's done on these dolls suggests that they actually, for the people that are attracted to minors, that these dolls actually decrease their proclivity to go back out and attack children that it actually gives them a release that makes them less likely to go outside of their home. And what was interesting is the research did not support the same conclusions for people that were adult-attracted using dolls. I don't know where she got that research from. Me neither. 
Uh, but also, she's insane if she thinks that the government should be handing these things out. Uh, that That's what I make of it. She should just providing child sex dolls to pedophiles. I mean, they'd have to be. Here's the problem: they're only a pedophile if they've. You only know they're a pedophile if they've committed a a, a crime, and hopefully, if they've done that, they're in jail, and they don't have access to attacking children. But yeah, I mean, it, is this going to be a, an open hotline where anybody can call up? Like, hey, uh, so um, I got yeah, one of those dolls. dolls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, when can you get in here? <laughs> Um, of course she got really, uh, she got hammered on X and social media as she should. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're talking that that is the slippery <clears throat> of slopes right there. Uh, Democrats like Karen are sexualizing kids, defending pedophiles, pure evil, criminality, stupid, or both. Uh, Indiana based attorney, Alex Jurgic. Uh, said on X, the right thing to do would be to immediately remove her from the building and from that office. Another X user said Senator Karen Burke should get really get expelled from Kentucky's Senate for what she said there. It is gross and abusive toward children. Burke shouldn't be allowed near them. <laughs> is it? it uh, it's white liberal women. And what's worse is this lady just Googled it and spent her night looking on... Uh, yes, and I the- found out last night these fellas can have sex, these dolls, with some lubrication on it, and then they are tired and tuckered out and don't want to go out and rape children mm-hmm. no more. Yeah, I. it's amazing. I went on to this website called Nambla, and <laughs> Nambla had all these statistics about how this could be good. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um... Recidivism in, in child sex offenders is a major problem in society and needs to be addressed, but I don't know if this is the right way to do it. Uh, Ron Arkin, a professor for robotics at University uh, Georgia Institute of Technology, who specializes in human-robot interaction, said it isn't clear whether child sex dolls would reduce uh, offending pedophiles. He said, we don't know yet. Recidivism is a major problem and a possibility that technology may be able to help with that. Yeah, how about you zap their balls till they have no uh, sex drive? Can you believe that some idiot veterans are burning their uh, uniforms in solidarity with Aaron Bushnell, the mentally deranged man that lit himself on fire and screamed free Palestine? Uh, I can believe it because it's Portland. That's true. It is in Portland. (laughs) Uh, um, A moving act. By an act of solidarity as veterans burn their uniforms at a vigil for Aaron Bushnell, hosted by Veterans Against War. This was after some extremely moving speeches, including a Vietnam veteran who was part of an S- the SDS and did a lot of anti-war organizing. Free Palestine, remember Aaron Bushnell. I don't, we, are, we are really putting things together that shouldn't be put together and celebrating them. You know what I mean? We should no way be celebrating a dude that lit himself on fire for protest. I mean, he... A guy that was protesting something that we actually don't affect. What do you mean? We're not at war with Gaza. 
Our troops are not in any way currently uh, perpetuating a genocide. You could say our politicians maybe are funding it, but our troops are not going down there and gunning people down. Right. Say that. And Netanyahu is we've Biden's asked him not to go into Rafa. And he said, sorry, you know, I'm kind of shocked by that, but we're headed to Rafa. So. Our troops are not uh, a troop and airmen right there is was in no way was he helping with the genocide or any way was he supporting genocide. Do you think so you saw a mentally ill man kill himself? Right. Do you think he's a martyr? No. To some people? I'm certain some people. He didn't he didn't die for a did he die for a cause? You can't suicide yourself for a for a, a cause. You can't unalive yourself for a cause. Right. I mean, he. Got himself some news to, for it, but it didn't, uh, it wasn't infecting him in any way. And it's not, you, you pro, he protested something that was not in any way, uh, his life had any effect on it. True. So it's a weird thing to sacrifice yourself for. Um, and, and to, to celebrate the guy, I think is even weirder. I mean, the guy committed suicide. Um, we got to take a break. Wait, you got remember uh, Terrence Howard, the actor, uh, star of Empire? Mm-hmm. Well, he thinks it's immoral to tax descendants of slaves. That's why he hasn't paid any. That's why he's in a bit of trouble. Does that work with the IRS? Because I got to ask some questions here. Yeah, doesn't, I don't think they're buying it. We'll get to your remarks as well from the Florida Man Radio app. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. I think it should be said that vaginas are like snowflakes. Each and every one is different, and each and every one should be cherished for what it is. Yeah, I almost joined the NFL, but the girl they brought over to entice me had the ugliest vagina I'd ever seen. Vaginas are like belly buttons. You just happen to have an Audi instead of an Innie. Be-do, be-do. <laughs> Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Um, so Terrence Howard, uh, Empire star, Academy-nominated actor. Um, the IRS spent a, a year trying to collect 578 grand in income taxes. He didn't pay between 2010 and 2019. Uh, then the, the Justice Department sued him, <clears throat> but his only response appears to be two angry voicemails to the IRS. In one, he said, the case's lead tax attorney, 400 years of forced labor and never receiving any compensation for it. Now you have the gall to try to prosecute and charge taxes to the descendants of a broken people that you are responsible for causing the breakage? Yes. Yes, we are. We'd like our money now. He didn't feel he really got his message then, so he followed up with a second call in which he said, in truth, the entire United States should be, by default, become the property of the descendants of slaves. But since you do not have the ability or the courage to do it, let's try this in court. We're going to bring you down. Yeah. How'd that go for him? He didn't bring them down. Matter of fact, the IRS did the bringing down and a federal judge has ordered him to pay nine hundred three thousand one hundred fifteen dollars. They put a, they had a lien on his property. 
I mean, you get big fat checks, right, from a <clears throat> from a studio. It's not like your employer, like they're withholding any any FICA or any any of that nature. You know? Yeah, he's well, he's been well known to be a little uh, questionable in decisions he makes. Uh, back early on in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he was in Iron Man One. Oh and yeah, he had a chance to be there for as of still now. But the second when the second movie came out, he said, "Now nah, I need more money than Robert Downey Jr." He wanted to be the top bill on that. And uh, are you kidding me? Yeah, they laughed at him and they got Don Cheadle instead. Yeah, so. Don Cheadle was great. Wow, that is a bad move. Damn. Well, that's what happens. <clears throat> um, surprising enough, I know that it seems appropriate uh, and almost uh, compulsory, but. You cannot smoke weed in the Bob Marley movie screening. I mean, if you're going to smoke weed anywhere, why can't it be there? Uh, yeah. The incident occurred in a movie theater in Hobatoa, Brazil. They smelled a little weed. In Brazil, of all places, you'd certainly be able to fire up a blunt in the movie about Bob Marley. They probably give you one of the like a here's your 3D glasses here's your uh, spliff there you go sir here's just like a giant ass one too <laughs> yeah big old spliff uh, I guess they're on a base there they called the MPs uh, who burst into the cinema approached the boys uh, the authorities told the teens to leave before slapping them as they exited boy nothing like Brazilian justice <laughs> <laughs> give me that blunt uh, yeah. Um, is this this one kind of didn't get a thumbs up from Mike, did it? Uh, or, or did he? Had he reviewed like, it? He was. He kinda, seemed kind of lukewarm on it. The, he recommended a, a different one that was much better, apparently. Um, Dave Navarro, front man of what is he the front man of? Uh, he was guitarist of Jane's Addiction. Yeah, he does his own thing now. Uh, so Al Jurgensen, the uh, the dude from Ministry, hardcore band, he had to have his toe amputated, and because he stepped on a hypodermic needle or something like that, I don't know why that would get your toe amputated. Unless just he got in. I mean, you're well, I don't know where you were. You're running around barefoot. Also, oh, I got a hypodermic needle stuck on my toe. Uh, I mean, he was doing a lot of drugs back then. Did he try to shoot himself up down there? Or he, you know, he took the needle through the toe and was like, ah, oh, that's funny, and then continued on for the rest of the day. And then someone's like, hey, man, you got a needle in your toe. <laughs> he said they do say he had to undergo a toe amputation after stepping on a hypodermic needle in a bizarre incident. Anyway, Dave Navarro, his buddy, he's like, hey, I heard you're having your toe amputated. He said, yeah, I got to get it amputated. And he said, uh, I'll give you 20 grand for it. And uh, I, maybe Jorgens had said he's, that he was an alcoholic, did some crack, had a heroin addiction at one point. Uh, he since sobered up. I'm curious if the offer's still open from Dave because I got some bills to pay. But they won't. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that really would mess up the way you walk, though. Doesn't your big toes? Like yeah, the, I mean, uh, I'll give you like a okay. one from the middle. Uh, yeah, a little middle toe. I'll give you one from each side on the middle. Twenty grand a piece. <laughs> um. Uh, the, the hospital won't let him take it. They have, a, they have an issue with that. Heather, didn't you say your friend got to bury his leg? Yes, he did. How did that happen? Uh, he lost his leg because of diabetes. Mm -hmm. But 
I mean, I wasn't there, but he said he brought it home and was able to bury it. They they let him take it home from the hospital. I don't know how he carried it home. I really should ask some questions. I can contact him and find out. <laughs> I mean, the, the, uh, maybe he had to have a uh, a, uh, a funeral home, had to come get it. He didn't bury it in his backyard or anything, right? I don't remember. I should really go back and find out. I know that some people can. Have you talked to him in a while? Because an odd conversation started. You're like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How did yeah. you bury your leg? <laughs> I mean, he'd know it's me, so it'd be fine. Yeah, no, I've spoken a little bit. Uh, where's your leg buried? <laughs> also, did, if he did bury it in the backyard, don't you have to worry about like coyotes digging? They would never let you take it home and bury it because then it's sometime years later, your home, someone buys it, puts a pool in, finds a leg, you got an investigation on your hands, right? Probably. All right. See if uh, I thought that some uh, observant Jews, their bodies need to be buried whole, and and if they had to have an amputation, that some uh, some uh, arrangements were made. For them to, you know, I don't know, put it somewhere, keep. Yeah, I think there is. Keep it on ice there, at the yeah. house, you know. I got a dead goldfish in my freezer at the house. Got to get him taxidermy. <laughs> I don't mind have any parts in my freezer I, right now. <laughs> if I keep my toe in the freezer, if I, uh, you know, put it on display in a jar on the mantle. Uh, all right, enough toe talk. Let's get to to the remarks that you have delivered from the Florida Man Radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Uh, all of the shows are up there commercial-free after we do them live in the podcast area. Um, hit the little bu- microphone button at the bottom, and you've got 30 seconds to opine. I know the remarks are done for today, but I would give a 50% tip on a blowjob or more, depending on quality of service. I mean, that's about the only thing I'd give a 50% tip on. Do you have to tip for those? I, for one, actually love liberal Larry's remarks. Maybe with this new signal, we'll get uh, maybe a liberal Linda to call in. (laughs) Starting Monday, Central Florida, we move from uh, 105.5 to 103.1, which is 4,000 times larger than the signal we're on right now. Yeah, you're actually going to have to really try hard to to avoid us. So they'll thoroughly vet people coming to a fundraiser, but they don't give a damn about all these people coming into our country. That's a good point. It's a circus. It's an effing circus. That's a really good point. Shane B. checking in. Uh, Shannon, the next time you have a story about gay whales sex, some article or something, don't you ever read it that sensually again. <laughs> I've, I have the most confused sensation going on in my pants right now. D- 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 stop it. Two meters long. Gay whale sex is definitely a threat to democracy. Hey, baby, it's Moby. Yeah, Moby Dick. I mean, your neighborhood here, I think I was going to slide by and see if you wanted to, you know, uh, rub some blubber together, maybe? No. My my uh, blowhole is very sensitive right now, so I'm gonna be over in a few minutes. All right, all right. Of course, the Downlow Brother whales are in the Northwest and San Francisco area. <laughs> we're sneaking off the God two meter penis. What the hell? The Downlow Downlow gay whales hanging out in the in the San Francisco way. That's funny. Yeah, maybe like the $5 a day could go towards them 
stealing cheeseburgers from fat kids in America and sending them to Ethiopia or wherever. Hey, Shannon. I didn't realize Wells can be a deranged liberal. Stop Asian hate, especially the obese Asian children. Um, you could create a uh, a charity. Remember the fat Asian kid smoking cigarettes? Mm-hmm. That's a great video. I think he finally quit those. Did he really? <laughs> we got to get this fat Asian kid off the sticks. A different breed, Kendall's man. Them TV shows with them women on there, man. I can't stand them. And any chick that I cheer with, and she trying to make me watch that, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm out because they don't do nothing. Promote violence, ghettoness, wretchedness. And yeah. me personally, I believe our women should be, you know, showed in a better light than just being ghetto and messy and I always got some mess going in. Yeah. I mean, the world, that's all they show. They love it. Like, nah. <laughs> right. If there's no chaos and, and, and uh, drama going on, it, you know, people love that. Um, Kim got me to watch a couple few years ago when it was, uh, I don't know, was it Bachelor or uh, Bachelorette, one or the other. No, 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 no. It was the one where you couldn't see the person. And you talk to him through a screen. Oh, is that the Love is Blind one? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. Banana. She goes, okay, it's fine. Don't watch it. And I sat down. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> Howdy, guys. Nate and Biggers from California. Yeah, you, you guys are right about Barkley putting on an act, like acting like he's dumb about not knowing things. Um, kind of a lot like Bubba the Low Sponge. He acts like he's a real idiot, but he's very intelligent. I can tell by some of the stuff he talks about. In some areas. Yeah. But in other areas, not so much. Like certain words they try to say over and over. Uh, like a, a genre of music. He'll call it a genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those child sex dolls are going to work out pretty good. Um, because anybody oh, that's ever had a original sex doll, blow-up doll, whatever, never went on to have sex with an actual woman. <laughs> I play this one. Howdy, guys. Nate Biggers from California. Yeah, you, you guys are right about Barkley putting on yeah. Howdy, guys. Nate Biggers. Shando, listening from St. Louis, Missouri. So if Letitia James can sue a company for making a statement and then either walking back that statement or just not getting around to it yet, can we do the same with politicians when they campaign on a promise Yeah, I don't to care. take action on such and such? And then choose not to. Be do be do. Yeah, I don't know what she's fishing for in that case, but Jesus P, you guys are killing it today. This is such a great show. I love you guys and can't wait for the um, for the transition for next week. He can't hear us on a terrestrial radio, right? We didn't pay him to say that. You know, this gay whale sex discussion could bring some interesting and probably unwanted focus into the Rainbow Coalition crowd about Darwinism. Might not be a bad thing. (laughs) And they're trying to get out ahead of this buyer's remorse for college education. 
by student loan forgiveness and trying to make college education for free. Cool. It enslaves the taxpayer, guarantees them revenue stream. Beauty, sure. beauty. I guess Terrence Howard isn't boys with Wesley Snipes. Otherwise, he would have told him that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> what the, Wesley did some time. He did. Like a year or something like that. I have a cat in the freezer. Um, she died. She was old, but still, it's sad. And it's at my dad's, though, so I don't have to see her all the time. Go bury it. Just during the day. You got to push it out of the way to get the Eggo waffles sometimes. It's behind the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's, that's, all I have is a goldfish. He's big, about the size of a softball. Uh, but... I'm going to have him taxidermy. Is he in like a Ziploc bag? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like yeah. A, oh, yeah. Tupperware. I've protected him from freezer burn for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that dude from ministry got sober. So does that mean their music is going to turn uh, start being good? No. It's probably getting worse. Breaking news. Joe Biden arrives at border to cut ribbon for official grand opening ceremony. <laughs> Story I love. <laughs> Anybody else get the heebie-jeebies when Clevis, Clovis, Cletus, I don't really know what his name is, leaves a remark, or am I the only one? Just wondering. <laughs> be doo Happy Friday, y'all. Uh, Clovis Bass. Oh, wait. Hey, so does the uh, LGBTQIA whatever uh, need to add another letter now? Yes. Uh, the letter W? Yes, LGBTQIAW. Two spirit, in that two S. Yeah, they only yeah. add that in some in some certain geographic areas. I think were there a lot of tribes and stuff like that. They add <laughs> the two S in there, or Canada. Oh yeah, doing Canada. I don't know what the percentage of the obese females was that you said, but about half of that is that bitch next to me on this road king. I'll give her credit; she's riding, but you can't see much of that bike. <laughs> <laughs> Shando, don't forget how Bubba pronounces Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. It's old Elon yeah. Musk over on X. He cracks me up with that every single time. Yeah. Or Katie from Crestview. Y'all have Santos. Yeah, Ron DeSantos. Ron DeSantos. Elon Musk. A different genre of music, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be cremated. It was my aunt's cat. I had to bring her down here. Oh, my God. And she you... passed in October. And then she passed recently. And they're going to be... In a box together. That was her wishes. I'm not trying to be mean. You I'm ma- a good person. <laughs> you made an interstate uh, tra- a transfer of a dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> also, when's the uh, October? Where, let's put this cat. Yeah, no uh, kidding. He's gonna get freezer burn. <laughs> hey, we're getting to the point where uh, times are getting so tough. You're gonna have to move your dead animals out of the freezer for more room for meat. Yeah. <laughs> got to make a hard choice. Uh, by the way, if anybody knows anyone that could taxidermy a, a large goldfish, give me a holler. No, sweetie. You're not the only one. 
Yeah, this gay whale sex thing is straight propaganda. <laughs> Come on, that's so the LGBTQ cult can now say, look, see, the whales are gay, so your son sh is your son can suck a beedu beedu. <laughs> Those are all the uh, remarks we have for this hour. We do it again in the final hour of the program, so there's time to go to the app and uh, and drop one. Um, remember Maui and the complete and utter destruction in such a short time, uh, blamed on some down power wires and high winds. Uh, but what was the weapon called? MEP? Oh no, uh, a direct energy weapon. DEW. DEW. Which is some type of laser beam from space. But if you recall, there were some prominent surviving homes. I remember one was white on the, around the outside, and the roof was a blue tile. And then, then we saw other examples of people with blue tiled roofs <clears throat> that survived the fire remarkably. And I think Joe Biden just led on to the blue roof conspiracy because a lot of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground you'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed one home sitting there because they had the right roof on it and the right roof on it what's the right roof i mean if there's a for, if there's a forest fire um I mean, there are homes that were just completely gutted. I get the I get the fact that well, if a hot ember uh, lands on an asphalt uh, roof, it's liable to catch on fire. That's how fire spread. Um, but these this fire was going sideways. And it wouldn't matter what your roof was made of; your house was going to be burned. Yeah, I mean, that's what he needs to lead with. Also, some of us should put the hand up and say, "Well, sir, what is the right roof uh, so yeah. everybody can have these roofs?" <laughs> Well, can you guys make a public announcement about which roof to, that's, that'll save your uh, ass from uh, being completely destroyed? I, that just, that went away real quick, didn't it? The whole Maui thing. I mean, I hear every once in a while people still suffering some. They're just being able to get now, get back to their property. And, and uh, you know, a lot of it's getting bought up by large corporations. Right. And, yeah. That's why they don't want to really talk about that. Well, it should be a story. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is—I don't know what's going on with him. <clears throat> I think he's—I think he shouldn't be in sports casting. You know, I think he should. Uh, you know, I, I know he's really good at it. He's got strong opinions, but I, you know, I mean, really, CNN should be grabbing him to do uh, nightly, just yell at the camera type of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, him and Charles Barkley, um, and and uh, I guess this is a new segment of his show where he just kind of does a little monologue because ladies and gentlemen if we're being fair if we saw donald trump sit down in a black household eat fried chicken with a father and a son what would we say we what what would we say what would we say you know folks out there would be calling it racist well, if it's racist for him, and I'm not saying it would be, but if it's racist for him, why wouldn't it be racist for Biden? We thought it was racist. I think a lot of people <laughs> did. Just the optics of the whole thing. Yeah. It just didn't look right. Um, I don't know what these two are talking about. It's rare that Joe Scarborough and uh, Minka, Minka Rosinski 
in, are in the same shot. They film it at their home <clears throat> in a big room. One side of the room is uh, him in Washington, and one side of the room is her in, in uh, New York City, I think. Um, but when the two get together, they both love to steal the microphone. What are we supposed I to do can't. with that? I mean, see, why do they, people are actually voting? Is is there really one languages. person voting for Not that just guy? Languages. How stupid truly would you have to be? Foreign. He can't. <laughs> what is that? What? What? Like one camera was down. I'm sorry, today, guys, you got to be together. Oh no, 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 no. I'm going to talk the most. <laughs> That's horrible. We get dark. Uh, we are. It's Friday. Yeah, we're celebrating a little bit because we're heading to the largest signal on, signal on Monday. Moving on up. So I thought when you're heading down to your local liquor store, be it uh, your local one or corporate one or whichever one, I'm got a couple other brands of liquor you should probably be looking for. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about some fun ones. Some new brands of our mm-hmm. old brands of liquor. Yep. Oh, that's right up my alley. Hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. This is how it's done, Central Florida. We're making radio great again. Nice. This is No Holds Barred, unfiltered, and unafraid radio. Made by Florida. Made for Florida. Florida Man Radio. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Donellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. soldier some troops saw a and filmed a ufo bigger than the empire state building over the war zone in donsk they said it sat deathly still and was hotter than anything they'd ever experienced a drone operator guided his infrared quadcopter 500 feet for reconnaissance Struggling against high winds, he suddenly spotted a flat, 1,300-foot-long UFO, which stood motionless despite the wind. Uh, He and his fellow servant had never seen anything like it before. One said, initially, I thought it was something new invented by the Russians. But then I understood, no, it might be UFO. No, it might be UFO. The craft was 36 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit, hotter than any other object. Uh, I guess they have a laser. Ruling out atmospheric phenomenon or balloons. Hmm. He uh, told the DailyMail.com his surprise was not quite fear because he and his fellow soldiers had, uh, had to learn to suppress those emotions amid their effort to defend Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> didn't people come and scoop up all their uh, video? Yep, they did. All the uh, SD cards were taken away from them. Wow. 9.02 local time. 37, 40 miles away from the soldiers in the direction of Donsk. Uh, it's been dominated by Russian forces there. Maybe it's because... Uh, a uh, 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 pooty pooties uh, wheeling out some nukes. Don't these uh, uh, aliens hate nukes? Yeah, that's what they're checking out. They're they're all curious what the hubbub is about. They're like, well, we keep hearing nothing but this. Let's go to roll over and check <laughs> yeah, it out. Let's take a look at it for, for ourselves. Yeah, it is a money laundering outfit. It looks like. <laughs> uh, the the these idiots aren't even shooting at us. They're just staring at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Wouldn't you shoot at it? No, probably not. If I see a giant, uh, thirteen hundred foot, a, a skyscraper sized thing in the sky on its on its side, it's radiating heat like nothing I've ever seen before. I'm firing some shots at it. Yeah, I bet it was welcome, isn't it? Winter over there right now. Yeah. Because hey, give it a little closer. It was stable, not moving. They said it wasn't on a mirage. It, uh, it in thermal vision, you can see a mirage. You can see it with your you you you, you can you can you can't see a mirage. With thermal vision, you can only see it with your naked eye. Did not ripple or shimmer or otherwise alter its shape. Um, another position said we had another drone. We put it up about three minutes, but they didn't see the UFO at the moment. When we returned to the same position later, there was nothing there. It was gone. Uh, Dean noted that he was confident that there... What's the, what are they using? The UFO footage and equipment. Uh, they said at error, he helped explaining what, what is present in the 406, the UFO footage and equipment error could have played a role. He noted that he was confident the, the systems were functioning normally at the time of the UFO. The red warning error bar is visibly upper left hand portion of the drone's display. Uh, it's a warning that we were flying without satellites on a 100% manual controls. Because Russia does everything they can to deny Ukraine's ability to fly. Uh, oh, so now they're yeah. saying the drones were airing out. That's how they got images of a thirteen hundred uh, foot uh, or thirteen thousand foot uh, just floating thing, yeah. radiating heat. It's faulty. Yeah, faulty, faulty drone. Everybody, he not been out there flying your drone around and saw the giant skyscraper on his side. <laughs> he did note that similar combat specific issues prevented the battalion from storing a recorded. The recording of the UFO thermal footage directly to the drone. We remove the memory cards from the drones when we are doing flights over enemy territories. There is a risk that if we lose a drone because of the enemy electronic countermeasures, they could pick up the drone, they could pick up the card and read what's on it. So they 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 didn't have a card in it. Yeah, or that's what they're saying. Yeah. Well, poor Vadim would rather be doing his old job using his drone to. Film weddings. <laughs> Man, that makes me sad. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, <clears throat> let's get dark, yeah, shall let's, we? Let's do that. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Time to celebrate a little bit. You've made it another week. <sighs> You'll be able to hear us much farther away now. I'm really looking forward to this on uh, Monday at Signal. It'll be great. The weather's supposed to be like hit or miss. Nice some days, rainy some days. Who knows? I haven't driven my car. I don't know what two two weeks. I think you probably were kind of wishing you had last night, weren't you? Just a touch when it started. Well, I was on bike night, so yeah. <laughs> it made driving home a little difficult. But <laughs> I did get rained on up at the... Uh, but before you head off to your local liquor store, just go local, too. The big big corporate a- ones, they're ABC not on your side. is for a family-owned Florida family. Yeah, well, the guy up the street... They're the best deals on Jameson. whatever too. I ask him for. Really? So, oh, yeah. In fact, I feel bad because my wife had him order a case of uh, peach, peach crown, 
and then didn't drink a lot. Then was like switched to a different a different type. So he had a he ordered an oh. entire case. <laughs> I think he sold it since then. Now it's, sure. it's become great. But I thought, why don't we just before you go and you reach for your normal bottle of Jameson or your twelve pack of Bud Light or Coors Light or whatever else you're going to drink on the boat for the day, why don't you take a moment and we'll. Reach behind and go maybe to that one dusty corner of the store that has a bottle of something weird. And maybe the world's most expensive beer. Well, one of them. Uh, Brewdog is a Scottish craft brewery that has a history of pushing the envelope of beers. In 2010, they produced a 55% alcohol beer called wow. The End of History. Holy cow. 55%? Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, they had produced high alcohol beers before, but this was the pinnacle of their research. Hence the name End of History. Not designed for swilling down by the pint that was suggested by our sipping small amounts. At a private range of about 500, 700 euros, uh, you would want to get the most out of it. But what's a euro? About a buck? Uh, it's a, it, it Less raised, than a buck? I think for a while it was a, no, I think it's above. I think it's a buck 15. Uh, a pint of this beer costs how much? Uh, 500, 700. <laughs> now, it wasn't just <clears throat> the high alcohol content, though, that made it especially. Yes, it is. <laughs> the range of prices is due to the unusual container for the bottle as well. Oh, I hate when they overdo the, the container. Uh, you might like these, though. All right, let me hear it. Only 12 were made in the initial run, and each was served in a bottle contained within either a stuffed squirrel or stoat. In a taxidermy animal? Inside That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Weird in your fridge. Is it meant to be drank cold? Or? Uh, well, it's, no, these are British, so they're probably oh, yeah. warm beers. Uh, the price of the bottle depended on the size of the taxidermy animal. Those who missed out on the first batch were able to pick up a bottle if they joined around a crowdfunding the brewery. Those who put over $20,000 into the crowdfunding received a free bottle of the end of history. Wow. Still presented inside a taxidermy animal. How many bottles did they make? Uh, Twelve the first time. I don't oh, know okay. how many they've made since then. Uh, but the first run ones of that were, you know, purist, and they were inside a. I saw it because it's. He had the head. And it was like a bottle, and like the neck. It was coming out of the neck of the squirrel. I have a, a taxidermy squirrel in my office right here. Yeah, but have you thought about turning him into koozie? No, I haven't. It was a great idea. <laughs> now, everybody's seen the craze it is flavored vodkas. Yeah, vodka itself. Pretty boring, honestly. It's it. Uh, it's simple. It's a it's simple. It is. It, that's one of the great things about vodka is, is its simplicity. Yeah, it, it generally really kind of tastes of nothing. Depending on the vodka you're getting, you know, normally if you're just heading over and buying a bottle of Smirnoff, it tastes like burning. It doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> Why well, they put that on the bottle? Hey, I want some real burning vodka. <laughs> uh, people that have then done their best disguises by adding their own flavors to vodka. Some are simple fruit flavors, but others are more unusual. Uh, we've seen marshmallow, we've seen cookie, uh, seen birthday cake, uh, grape. Uh, any, right That's now, uh, what is the name of that that vodka company? It'll come to me later. But they they basically the, just like it's bottom shelf, and it's if you think of a flavor, they've turned a vodka into that flavor. Oh yeah, we, uh, yeah. We used to put it, make it for real, you know, with real fruit and stuff in it in the in the bar. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, those looking for savory vodka will no doubt find the palates cater to as well. Savory, yeah. The Alaska Distillery. All right, I'm gonna do, I just gave you. It's Alaska. And it's a savory vodka. So can you take? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I have two guesses. Go one is uh, salmon. You got it on the first one. Salmon. I bet, hey, wait a second. This is the only place I find flavored vodkas uh, are useful. 
is, you know, it's the base for a Bloody Mary. I know, and I was and thinking that. Like everything bagel seasoning in it with yes, salmon vodka. A little salmon in there. Maybe some capers tossed on the top of maybe it. Maybe rim the uh, glass with first cream cheese and then uh, everything seasoning. Boom. Uh, the Alaska D- Distillery makes a vodka, which has been incorporated into what has been called Alaska Signature Cocktail. It produced a smoked salmon flavor vodka, which they say goes brilliantly with a Bloody Mary. Smoked? Yeah. Mm. Made from water from a glacial ice, they infuse with salmon into their vodka, making it a mellow pink color. Uh, wow, what's the name of that? Uh, it is called Alaska Distillery. So I don't oh, know if you can maybe get you a bottle sent down. Another potential add to your Bloody Mary is a bacon flavored vodka. Those have come no, huge nowadays. They're bad. They've yeah. never had a good one. They always taste bacon chemical, greasy, like a chemically. It's because it, it is. They don't use real bacon. They don't. Yeah. They don't hang, uh, you know, pork belly in a vat of vodka. It's so. It's, it's got these, that liquid smoke taste to it. You, yeah, it's almost like not real. You know, not genuine. All right. Well, time to leave the world of being safe with a little beer or some maybe some uh, vodkas, and we're gonna head to some one of. History's oldest alcohols. And for most of history, drinking water has been a ricky, risky proposition. Yeah. It's bad for you. Contamination with human and animal waste made water a perfect way of contracting a deadly disease. Fermentation the alcohol produces one of the best ways to kill bacteria. And the Asian steeps in that area that Joe Biden has been many times yeah. chasing his way through there. The nomadic tribes produced a mildly alcoholic beverage from rice. Horse milk. What? That's right. Fermented mare's milk. In order to become intoxicated? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, like I, you could make it into a pina colada quite easily, I think. <laughs> no? Uh, kumis, also known as Arag, is a Mongolian fermented mare's milk. Apparently, it was one of the favorites of like Genghis Khan and stuff like that. The milk is gathered in a large leather sack and mixed repeatedly for two days. Kind of when you just, it's perfect for when you're riding. So you just put it in your leather sack, you ride, it gets mixed up. Uh, they convert some of the lactic acid to alcohol. Uh, Introduces oxygen into the milk and allows yeast and bacteria to grow. You got to mix it for so long? About two days. So I mean, you put it on your horse while you're riding. Okay. Put it in your leather sack. It doesn't turn into cheese. No, 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 no. All right. Uh, First, you got to find a mare. And this mixture only comes to about two percent alcohol. So you're only getting like a touch. All right. The metabolism also produces carbon dioxide, which slightly carbonates the milk as well. That's right. It's fizzy mare's milk. I'm now thinking of a uh, Colorado bulldog. Uh, there is another reason for fermenting mare's milk because humans can't drink it. Can? Can't. Why would you? Why are you fermenting well, it? Well, <clears throat> if you ferment it, it takes out the powerful laxative that effect that it causes on humans. Oh, okay. So that's, there's a reason why you don't go down to your local store and get up a bag of because um, it makes you crap yourself. Yep. That's, that's Real mare, mare's milk is a very powerful laxative. Wow. Who knew? Uh, those looking for a more potent brew can try Arki. This is a distilli- distillation of the Arag that brings it up to around 10 percent alcohol. Uh, the process apparently has either a slightly rancid taste or a goaty flavor, depending on the quality. A goaty flavor? Yeah, delicious goaty flavor. Uh, if you head over down to your local Asian market, you may be lucky enough to pick up a bottle of snake wine. Snake wine? Mm-hmm. And it's just like it sounds. Snakes, often venomous cobras, are placed in bottles with rice wine and left to marinate in the mix. Disgusting. The resulting snake wine is said to have health benefits from the venom yeah, dissolving in the right, alcohol, okay. according to practitioners <laughs> of traditional Chinese medicine. Uh-huh. Snake wine can be found throughout China and Southeast Asia. I thank you. That same company also makes frog wine and lizard wine. Uh, no, they make another wine, which we're going to talk about in a second. Okay. 
Uh, to make the mines more palatable or more medicinal, other items can be added to the mixture. Berries, herbs, spices, or a nice gecko. Hmm. Kind of, yeah. Just a little... Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, yeah, gecko in there. When I drink my Cobra wine, I like a little gecko added to it. Mm. A tourist can buy full bottles full of these to take home, but the drink is mostly served in shot glasses, free of mm-hmm. any snake parts. Often snakes are forced in the bottles alive and then drowned in the rice wine. Oh. The fear just makes it... Uh, uh, <laughs> the snake fear, mm-hmm. their adrenaline glands go off and you just get a nice mellow buzz. Uh, this unpleasant practice is not always effective. There has been reports of snakes surviving the process for months by entering a hibernation state, only to spring to life when you pop open the door. <laughs> You got bit by a cobra from your snake wine bottle. Now, if snake wine's not your bag... And it's not. There's another wine right there next to it. Bat. Nope. It's three-penis wine. Go on. Traditional Chinese medicine, yes. Uh, What do the penises come from? uh, Well, I'm glad you asked. In China, to give men their potency, they go straight to the source. And that's three penises. In traditional pharmacies, you can buy a wine which has penises steeped in it. One particular wine ups the ante wait, 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 by wait, wait, wait. containing the power of three penises at once. That's right. You can go not to the one, store. not two, but three penises. <laughs> you can go down. If you're running a little low on cash, you'll be like, all right, I only got enough for one penis wine tonight. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, honey. Is that like buying uh, uh, like the regular Macallan, the 12-year, and then the 50-year Macallan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go you really, on. If you're showing off your date, you're like, yeah, I'm bringing out a bottle of three penis wine. Oh, he has three penis wine tonight. Uh, Tezi Sanbenjui is a rice wine that has been that to the unobservant would look much like any others. Its name, however, translates to three penis liqueur. Those willing to try it will get the supposed benefits of deer, seal, and dog penis. Are they, are they in the bottle? Or yes, it's mixed in the bottle. You gotta be kidding! In the floating around the bottle, <laughs> yep. there's three penises yep. in it. Unsurprisingly, it is mostly men who seek the benefits yeah, of the it, three penis liqueur. That is just. These Asian people. Uh, the drink is also said to have power to heal the kidneys. So perhaps the makers have issued a marketing opportunity. I bet it's got a bit of a wang to it. <laughs> Just a touch. Mm. Oh, they'll put anything in anything over there. That's, yeah. Then the Mexicans caught, uh, uh, they start putting uh, worms in their mezcal. Well, they were like, do we do we have an extra penis to up it up to No, more? let's go with worms, man. <laughs> James Gilpin. He's a man who's turned his knowledge of the human body's chemistry into an unusual alcoholic drink. He decided to raise awareness of diabetes by working with a natural byproduct of type 2 diabetes. Of course, type 2 diabetics are unable to regulate the amount of sugar in their blood and so often have high blood sugar. And this gets excreted in urine. All right, I've had enough of this. That's disgusting. Gilpin, Gilpin took the urine from elderly people with diabetes and turned it into a single malt whiskey. What? Not just urine, but old people urine? Uh-huh. Ugh, it's the worst. All fermentation is essentially the same that sugars is converted by alcohol by yeast. How is that even legal? Where is he, in Scotland? Uh, I don't know actually where he is. Uh, Gilpin filters the urine to remove the sugar and then uses the sugar to, dr- to drive the fermentation process. So he, there's no actual urine, just the, the sugar. The sugar from the urine, yeah. I trust him. Every once in a while, you get a little pube in your. <laughs> Gilpin is a man who believes in family product too, and he has used his grandmother's urine for whiskey. <laughs> You'll never believe uh, what I'm getting paid for my side job. Uh, unfortunately, you cannot purchase the whiskey and oh, you can't sell it. God. So it's just you can maybe donate a little bit. Uh, that is truly disgusting. Now, Nordic cuisine—it's a little, little odd sometimes. Yeah. 
Noma in Copenhagen has been ranked the world's best restaurant for many times. Really? It's actually a gorgeous restaurant. I'm afraid to be original. When Noma visited London, they presented a dish which consisted of cabbage leaves and live ants. But it's actually very good. What's the, uh, you can do that in Mexico too. Why live? Don't they bite you? Uh, yeah, but you get the flavor of them still. Oh, in Mexico, flavor. usually they're dead. Uh, what, what is it called? Ah. It's going to drive me down. I'll think of it in a second. But it, they basically, you put it in, it gives like a, like a nutty flavor to it. Like, nutty, huh? Mm-hmm. You could just but use nuts. nuts yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have any nuts hanging around, you got a lot of ants. Uh, the head chef of Noma, Rene Redzby, had set up Nordic Food Lab, a nonprofit organization which investigates food diversity and deliciousness. Working with a gin distillery, they have bought, bought the flavor of ants to the masses. And that's right. You can buy a bottle of anti-gin. Get it? Anti-gin. Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. They just did that because it, <clears throat> well, because of the word well, thing. They could... And they were selling ants. So anti-gin. It's, it's, it's actually a great word. I, I don't know. It sure is. I, I, I agree. But... Um... I don't know if I want a ant-flavored gin. Well, it contains the essence of 62 wood ants, because 63 would be too many, which have been naturally foraged. The ants were chosen for... Are they in the bottle? Oh, yeah. The ants were chosen for Norma's menu and this gin because they were under attack. When under attack, they produce a spray of chemicals to fend off the predators. Many of these chemicals have aromas which secrete the gin, say, add to the flavor. So they scare the hell out of them and then dump them in the gin. Or they, they show them a predator. Yeah. You want to take a guess on what uh, bottle this is going to cost you? Uh, ants are free. He's going to go get them. Uh, $100 a bottle. About 200 euros. Stupid. Now, this is not so much a drink, but this is a, a, a well-known actual cocktail that you can only get in one place in the world. And uh, Dave Navarro would be a fan of it. Uh, uh, whoa, Dave Navarro would be a fan? Do we, yeah, no, wait. Which we, who did we talk about earlier from Jane's Addiction? Dave, yeah, Dave Navarro. Oh, yeah, okay. Am I right on that? I, mean, I don't know. The downtown hotel in Dawson City, Canada. Now, we've talked about this place before because they've had an issue with people stealing it. It oh, offers patrons a unique opportunity. The, the toe? Yep. All you have to do is order a shot of shot of spirit and pledge the sour toe oath. Ugh. Then the bar will take your shot and place a he- real human toe in the glass. It's black. Oh, it's been frostbitten and preserved. Yeah. And, yeah. Then you take your shot to become a member of the Sour Toe Club. The club has only one rule. You can't drink it. You can drink it fast, but you can drink it slow. But your lips have to touch the toe. This guy almighty. The legend of the toe is that it belonged to a booze runner during Prohibition. Caught in a blizzard, the runner developed gangrene in his toe when she hacked off with an axe to preserve him rum. Decades later, the preserved toe was supposedly found. Uh, how the decision was made to turn it a cocktail, though, has been lost to history. Uh, the current toe used in the cocktail is not the original one. It's oh, not no? even like the fourth or fifth Where one. Where do you find a backup toe? Uh, several toes have been accidentally swallowed uh, by taking uh, the Sour uh, Toe Challenge. Uh, in 2013, one patron swallowed the toe on purpose, willingly paying the $500 fine that they throw on it. And you don't get it back, or you get... You, no, I mean, do you want it back after he's had to pass it? Uh, just, those who swallow the toe now, though, will be hit with a $2,500 charge. Uh, people actually donate their toes to the hotel for Say these. again? Yeah. So... Uh, after an amputation or mm-hmm, yeah. alright it, it's, like, it's Canada in a very cold area of Canada the frostbite happens a lot so alright alright I found one for you I think maybe I remember this we talked about this a while ago can you have any shot with a toe like, you know, like a, uh, a kamikaze with a toe in it or a I think it has to be in the whiskey, whiskey? to get okay. this right. uh, it's gotta be a whiskey sour to sour toe you know, uh, yeah. all right. but I remember talking about this one and I think you're okay with that 
And there's certain type of person who will pay for any sort of contact with an attractive woman. For those who want a little human contact in their spirits, a Germany company has the product. Now it was G Spirits. It sells bottles of alcohol that have been poured over a model's breasts. Get the hell out of here. They promise that they... Oh, yeah. This alcohol has been poured over a breast. I think we talked about this like three or four years ago. It must be a long time ago. Yeah. A buyer's can get whiskey, rum, and vodka, which has had the G-Spirit treatment. Have you, can you get proof of it? There's a photograph of your whiskey going over no, a I voluptuous mean, they, I remember going to the website, and they did have like pictures of just ladies where they're just pouring vodka all over. Now, I don't know if it was just a photo shoot, which more than likely was. That sounds very sanitary, but it's a it's, nice it's gimmick. It's, it's got, uh, you're sanitizing as you pour it. Uh, each bottle comes with a certificate signed by the model that swears the alcohol has been poured over her voluptuous breasts. Oh, my God. Brandy Love could make a mint. Uh, they also receive a photograph of the model while mid-pour. So, uh, Ah, Providence. Uh, the makers have created a glass basin to catch the alcohol and offer videos of the process if you want as well. For around $200, the owners of G Spirits promise a first-rate product and the eroticism of beautiful women. Now, if it tastes any better, that's a you know question there. I mean, you couldn't pour it over any other body part, really. Uh, no, not really. Well. Where is this made? Germany. Okay. They got different rules over there. And we'll end with one that this comes up a lot, and it's gross every time it comes up. And that's the fact that stop brewing stuff with your own human yeast. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, John Mayer is a cheap brewer at Rogue Brewery. Uh, when they wanted to develop a new strain of yeast for their beer, they searched in all the usual places. Then someone joked that his beard, not shaved since 1978, might be the ideal host to some interesting yeast. Oh. Taking nine hairs, they cultivated yeast that was ideal for beer making uh, that had been lurking in Mayer's beard. The yeast was probably a mix of wild yeast strain and one normally used in the brewery. I mean, he was drinking a lot, so odds are he was honestly getting enough oh, yeast yeah, from the... Yeah. Uh, the beer was released in 2014 as the Rogue Beard Beer. In 2016, a crowdfunding uh, page emerged for a Polish company looking to brew a beer using yeast sourced from... Hey, vagina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, because yeast used in a brewery is a different strain to that usually found in humans. It seems unlikely to succeed, but people keep trying because that lady tried to bake bread with hers one time. Uh, you gross bastards. Disgusting. Uh, um, when... What would you do if you came home... And your girlfriend had uh, sold your muscle car that you were building in the garage. Yeah, probably be one less girlfriend. Absolutely one less girlfriend. That's happened to a, a poor fellow. I'll give you his story. Um, also, a dude goes in for a gallbladder operation, comes out with a vasectomy. Dr. Mist. I mean, I've been to, uh, what did I have done? I figured I had some ankle surgery. And I joke because I said, "Why do I have to be naked?" They're like, "You got to be naked under there." I said, "I can't wear my underwear." I said, "No, it's a, you know, it's a clean surgical room. You got to under your gown. You got to go naked." I'm like, "All right." So I got a marker and I wrote "No" on my penis. <laughs> they all got to. And then they said, "That's very funny." I said, "Well, so you all looked." Yeah. Now I know say. you looked. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We, uh, we'll get. We'll do it in, uh, when we return. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn more. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. 
It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook. Clean. Be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy. Doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. went to the doctors and had to have some gallbladder operation. Uh, and medics at the hospital there, they're, they're thought to have made the mistake by delaying his surgery by 24 hours, uh, which is to a, from a Tuesday to a Wednesday, which is the day of the week that gallbladder operations are never performed at the hospital. Um, and that's the day they did vasectomies (laughs) and at the Florencio Diaz hospital in Cordoba, not far uh, from Buenos Aires. So they figure every dude in there, once he's under, ah, let's get it. Let's do it. So he wakes up and he's had a vasectomy, um, uh, doctors tried to explain to him the possibilities of reversing the error um, are minimal. He feels angry and helpless. He can't understand how they made such a mistake when it had a gallbladder written over all of my medical records. I like that this hospital is so, uh, this is socialist medicine right here, where they don't have, it, Wednesdays is, Wednesday is vasectomy day. Yeah. Don't question anything else. If a body comes through there, it's vasectomy. That's what you're getting on Wednesdays, buddy. I don't care what you're here for. <laughs> uh, um, if this had happened in America, this guy would be a millionaire. You don't think? Yeah, I mean, it's a reversible one. A Still, you think guys <laughs> gave you a vasectomy? It's, that's where uh, John Morgan uh, uh, would get. This is easy. Uh, Three million for to him. Get your ball snit by mistake. Call my firm. Um, you know, he still got a gallbladder issue. They did the gallbladder oper- operation once he woke up uh, from the vasectomy. <laughs> he already has uh, three grown up boys, but he says, I was dreaming of having a girl. Yeah, he was. He was also dreaming of a couple million dollars in a lawsuit. Yes, so. that's why he said he was dreaming. <laughs> I got a buddy that had a vasectomy and then got a divorce and found a hot young wife and had his vasectomy reversed. That's not uncommon? No, I think that's fairly common. I, I think that's why he might not get as much as someone, that, say, I don't know, they removed everything. 
Like your balls? Yeah, they went full uh, full transition on them. <laughs> a little ablation. I mean, he's glad it didn't come in Thursday as uh, Thursday's transition day. So, <laughs> uh, this dude, this poor guy, I feel so bad for him. Um, a man's '67 Impala was the center of a rather distressing incident. His girlfriend's. Uh, according to the, the story we've shared on Reddit, the dude had embarked on a meticulous nut and bolt restoration of this Impala, storing it in his new home's two-and-a-half-car garage that didn't sit well with his girlfriend. Uh, apparently, it was on, you know, in parts. He's doing it himself. So, you got, you know, you got an axle over here. You got, uh, it's up on jacks. You got the hood leaning against the wall. <clears throat> um, he returned from a business trip and discovered that his girlfriend had orchestrated the removal of the Impala and all of the parts to a local scrapyard. Claiming it was an act of revenge for the attention the car received. Is that an instant you're no longer my girlfriend situation? Yes. Pack your bags and go? Yes. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, he is shocked, turned into... Rage and action. He called a lawyer to address what is clearly a theft, right? Bolstered by surveillance footage. The cops intervene and led to the recovery of most of the vehicle. Despite efforts to conceal it at the scrapyard, the incident not only resulted in the end of the relationship, but also uh, a lawsuit. And also the importance of respect and understanding and partnerships especially when it comes to personal passions and hobbies. Man. That's that's some evil stuff right there. Yeah, especially with it because, oh, he just didn't have enough space in the garage, which I'm curious, was it because they weren't married, so was his name the one that was on the house? Like, was it his house? And he had a garage where he had his, a car that he had a hobby that he wasn't out banging other chicks every night. Right, right. Apparently, she, he spent too much attention on the on the car, and, and maybe not her. I don't know. That would be. Uh, Where's my car? I sold it hmm, for scrap. He's got a lot of control. I'll tell him. I'll give you that. The guy's got some self control. Uh, this story, Heather brought us, uh, this girl, a lady in Peoria, Arizona, <clears throat> excuse me, 30-year-old Brandy Gotch uh, drove to the West Green Park uh, about 4 p.m., her white Chevy Silverado. She walked over to a group of kids and started shouting match with them. She grabbed a 14-year-old boy by the hair, pulled his head back and forth and side to side while yelling at him. Then she grabbed a sharp stick from her truck and ran after the boy and said, I'm going to kill you and run you over. And then she did. And she got into her Silverado with her four kids, sped toward the 15 kids standing in the park. Uh, she went through the park's rock landscape and ran over a girl's ankle. She kept driving as the kids were running for their lives. She went back into the parking lot and sped away on the street. Part of it caught on a cell phone camera. Uh, it started because this is the reason. She saw some preteens throwing wood chips 
at three of her kids and believed one of them believed one of them had punched her 10 year old daughter. She confronted them and they called her a bee, a bitch. So she grabbed one boy and told him not to call her a bitch. Then she admitted to getting a stick and walking toward the other boy and calling, uh, who called her a fat bitch, but claimed she never threatened him, according to the court. She did follow in the truck. Oh, <laughs> uh, she, she said she yelled at him to move out of the way. You know, I, you know, I told him. Her children were being bullied by a group of kids. She had reported to the school, but nothing was done. Or the police, nothing was done. Her kids were properly belted in the vehicle. Oh, good. I mean, she's a good mother. Yeah. I mean, she's not. She's not. Yeah, attempted murder. Not, she at least made sure her kids not are a, safe. Not a savage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she has been charged with uh, endangerment, aggravated assault, and attempted first-degree murder. Six counts of endangerment. And what's the actress, actress's name she looks like, Heather? What's her name? Oh, uh, Lauren Graham. From uh, that 70s show. No, 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 not 70s show. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, I don't know that show. She does like that girl from the 70s show. Yeah, I think you're thinking Mila Kunis. No, the tall one. That's Laura Preppen, and she's Preppen. got red hair or blonde now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, really nitpicking it now, aren't you? I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, well, would you, uh, what would Mama Bear do if you, you're at the park with your kids, you're sitting in your Silverado, all your kids are out thing. there, and someone throws some wood, you see wood chips. Well, I mentioned the stuff they put in, the, in your shrubbery, right? The little wood chips. Mulch, yeah. And that's just, you're going to run them over? <laughs> no, I was kidding. I wouldn't. No, oh. but I would, I would confront them. Once you start using your vehicle to threaten anybody, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, if she had just whooped their ass, I think she'd been fed her yeah. off. Yeah, she, she grabbed that kid by the hair and smacked him in the mouth a couple of times. She'd have been all right. Well, I mean, well, well probably not, got to jail still. Well, but. not going to, uh, you know, 25 years for attempted murder and, you know, six counts of aggravated assault. Um, this is a, a beautiful story that turns sad right away. A woman uh, was on Tinder, like so many of these babes are, and she, uh, her name is Kendra. She even seeing a man she was found very charming, named Josh. She saw him for several months, even. Uh, and he suggested that the two of them go out to a nice dinner. Uh, he assured the budget doesn't matter. She was a mother of two. She picked up, uh, she picked up a seafood restaurant. Um, and a week after that, She's a nurse. She got a text message from this guy. And it said, could, I, could he have $376 to, quote, get his lights turned back on? <laughs> he wanted to know if she could do that. He said, I, wouldn't, I, I figured it wouldn't be an issue since I paid for your seafood boil. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> she just blocked him. She said... She responded to him, uh, I don't think this is, uh, LOL, really? I'm not sure this is going to work out. Good luck. And then blocked him. Good. Yeah. I mean, the but, seafood boil is worth $376 to get his lights yeah, back on. But she had really high expectations for the guy. He said, she said he had a great sense of humor. He was a, a, a well put together guy. We had a similar sense of humor. Uh, he was very handsome and very smart. And we had chemistry. And then he asked to borrow $376 to put his light to turn his lights back on, which means they were off, which means maybe the seafood boil wasn't a good idea. Now, you should have used that money to pay your light bill. That 
he was very he had a great sense. You maybe he was joking. Did she give me like she says she immediately blocked him, so he maybe oh. he was joking the whole time. Wow, he may have been joking. I mean, it seems like a pretty bold thing to ask someone that you just had a date with if they'll give you a couple of four hundred bucks to put your lights back on. <laughs> what if he typed right back? I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just you know I'm, I <laughs> She said I I just wish he had approached it in a different way. You know, whether she said it, he made it sound like it's something I he expected me to do. <laughs> well, he said, I'd be asking that if he got you a two hundred dollar seafood boil when he had bills to pay. Tell him he had a better idea and send him three hundred seventy six. Blah, blah, blah. Never talk to him again. Shouldn't have paid for the boil. He had bills to pay. Yeah. Maybe it was a joke. I haven't even considered that. Yeah, this dude could have just been the greatest funny, guy yeah. ever. Yeah, and he thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> He's gonna get. We're gonna see an article a couple weeks from now. It says I bought a lady seafood boil, and she immediately blocked me when I joked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, Jerry Jones has to take a paternity test. I saw that girl. She looks a lot like him. She really does. She's twenty-seven now. Um, he's going to be required to judge as upheld a, de- a decision. He disputes that her name is Alexandra Davis. She disputes. Dis- he disputes that he's her father, but he had agreed some time ago to give her some financial support, simply because it was claimed. Um, and she had a, an NDA of some sort. Uh, Cynthia, the mother of the child, was married at the time of the relationship, reached a settlement with Jones in which he, he agreed to fully support them financially as long as he wasn't ever identified as, as Alexandra's father. Alexandra doesn't believe she's bound by that agreement. No, I don't think she is. That it was for their mother. Um, and set the stage for a brand-new lawsuit. She wants to legally prove that Jones is, in fact, her father. I mean, I don't know what what it does. It doesn't endure her to Jerry, right? Then they go, oh, okay, I, I really love you. I'm like, yeah, well, my little daughter, come live in a compound with me. So come watch a game in the box. <laughs> um, it makes him kind of resent her, I think, maybe. Yeah, um, she can also maybe go after child support and things like that. That Her he, mother could. Yeah, back, you know, back pay stuff. Uh, but it doesn't guarantee her a piece of his estate once he passes. No, but it does guarantee her a seat at the table type of thing where she can say that she can legally say Jerry Jones is my dad before right now. She can't say that. In fact, he would probably sue. He would probably go after her if she tried to say that. So what does that get her? He, okay, let's say or somewhere along the way. Open a door to what? Some of his money? No, so much maybe his money, but uh, businesses where you can be like, yeah, I mean, I'm Jerry Jones's daughter. Illegitimate daughter or whatever. Bastard daughter, whatever you want to call her. Um, they say her attorney says that uh, Alexander's in a position where she really no longer has to hide her truth or live under the thumb of fear. What's the fear? Uh, and maybe she's going to finally get some peace, we hope. Other families will have that same benefit from the judge following the law. Jones's lawyers argued that Cynthia's husband at the time is uh, of the relationship is legally presumed to be the father. But they're going to find out. 
Ooh, it could go the wrong way for her. Oh, can they bring Maury into it? <laughs> Jerry Jones, you are not the father. Jerry jumps up and starts doing like moonwalking. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you, bitch. Uh, there's another company. Uh, this has got to be big business, man. I mean, uh, we talked about this months ago. Thanks to Martha Stewart, who who uh, posted pictures of a giant chunks of glacial ice on some cruise she was on uh, on a tr- on a on a cart that was being chipped away for their cocktails. Um, it's it's apparently a big. You know, there's really no cost in the product. It's free. You got to get out there and chip it off, right? Um, in Dubai, it's become very, very popular to have your cocktail uh, cooled by ancient Arctic ice carved from a Greenland iceberg. I wonder what that may- I mean, this company, Arctic Ice, shipped a container containing 22 tons of Greenland ice to Dubai to sell to, hot- to, sell to high-end bars and restaurants. Ice shelves are melting, uh, but these guys over here made a couple billion dollars of chipping some up to sell to Dubai. <laughs> uh, they scour the fjords of the country's capital city of Nuuk for icebergs that have naturally detached from the sheet. They say, we're looking for the clearest and thereby the oldest and purest ice. So they're not on the iceberg anymore. They've come off. Once they spot one, they like. They haul it onto a ship using a crane and cut into it uh, smaller pieces and pack it into insulated crates. <laughs> Bizarre got a gig. Um, a sample of each ice- iceberg is tested in a lab, make sure there's no microorganisms or bacteria. Then it's shipped to from Greenland straight to Dubai. Um, and they offer a great way to harness the natural resource. And carve out new economic opportunities. Yeah. They never, ever, ever tell you how much it costs. They always have to go through the labs, though, to make sure there's not any just rogue gay whale semen around there. <laughs> Apparently, the ocean's just full of it. Um, they, uh, I mean, it's, they chip it off. It's a big business, believe it or not. Um. Uh, the market for these ice cubes, the blocks and the crushed ice, was a $5 billion business in 2022. You're not even making ice. No, you're just out there. You're just getting, you're getting just going it. To get, it's already there. You just got to chip it out. You got to get a boat, you got to get some guys, and you got to chip it off. <laughs> a lot of people are pissed. Um, because the Greenland uh, glaciers are rapidly shrinking. But these things have already dropped off the sheet, the glacier, right? Uh, is it a glacier or is it just a hunk of ice or is it a small glacier? No, this is more like it, it's broken away. It's now floating a little iceberg type of thing. Right. They say, inevitably for a business model that involves shipping diminishing natural resources halfway across the world, Arctic ice has attracted controversy. Um, people think they're, this is not a good deed for the planet. You're helping destroy the planet. The guy said, we knew there's going to be a little bit of criticism, but we didn't think that, you know, there would be death threats involved. <clears throat> people are actually threatening to kill them because they're uh, chipping off chunks of ice. 
Yeah, well, there's idiots throwing paint on pictures or on paintings from, uh, you know, priceless works of arts over it. That right. Of course, they're going to be mad. The guy's chipping ice off. <laughs> That's true. Um, there is a, a new, you know, we get helium uh, comes from the ground. Apparently, there was a helium shortage. Remember last year or the year before that, you couldn't get the kids' balloons blown up. I was worried about the helium shortage. Apparently, in Minneapolis, they discovered a ass ton of it under the iron range there. And it's uh, uh, normally the the uh, helium that you get is like 6% pure. And this one is 124 Oh, we're going to fill so many kids' birthday balloons up with this? Well, it's a big deal. They use it in, I didn't know this, but they use it in MRIs. The MRI machines and imaging machines use a lot of helium. Did you know that? I did not. Did not know that. Uh, but they found a bunch of it, and they're really happy about it. And uh, somehow, someone will say it's destroying the planet, I imagine. Uh, they could potentially render... A radiologist says we don't have it. We can't. We can't operate. It's underground there. The next phase is the uh, feasibility study to get it out of there. Blah blah blah. It's not about drilling one single hole. You got to drill a bunch of wells. I don't know anything about it. I thought it was in a solid state, and then it turned into a gas. But a, is that what it is, or it just turns? It's just a gas. Everybody on the job site, like singing like a bunch of sopranos right now. <laughs> hey, we found a lot of helium. <laughs> Wow, 12.3%. Wow. Why are, Why is the FBI raiding Eric Adams' uh, longtime aid? This has had to do with the... What country did he do? More for those turkey movie <laughs> funds. The Turkish movie film. Uh, they raided the whole... Uh, this is not the first time he they've raided people in his aura, in his, in his circle. Uh, this time it is the home of Winnie Greco, uh, an Asian woman there who uh, was working, uh, you know, kind of the Asian uh, affairs liaison. Um, she solicited 10 grand from a nonprofit founded in exchange for attending an event with uh, Adams at Gracie mansion to celebrate Chinese community. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. He's involved in something big that everyone around him has been, uh, or three or four people around him have been raided by the FBI. Yeah. Well, this is the second time, if not the third time that every time he comes up to the stage and says, we got to do something about all these migrants coming to the country. Uh, we're doing this, and then one of his people gets raided. And the next day, he's like, we're giving them more gift cards. Look at that. Thanks, guys. Oh, you think the heat is on him to do more of a migrant? It's pretty odd. that the, Again, this is the – he came out, what, Monday, said, oh, you know, Biden's going to do a better job about this. His his assistant gets raided. Two months ago, he came out and said, oh, Biden's got to yeah. do a better job with the border. We're having so many issues. Was Boom. it his campaign manager? FBI raid. Yeah, had an FBI raid. Ah. Uh. That is a coincidence. All right. Um, when we return, movie man Mike will join us for his input. Hang on. It's Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. Yeah, but now. 
already. Yeah, buddy. Read Mike's reviews in Newsmax magazine at thefederalist.com uh, and at Epic Times as well. What's going on, bud? Uh, yeah, you mentioned about the Bob Marley movie, about smoking a spliff in the theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was kind of lukewarm on that. Uh, highly recommend Marley. That's what it's called. Marley. It's a documentary from 2012. It's excellent. It was my favorite documentary of the year. Oh, okay. That's right. Voodoo Prime and Apple. I, I want to springboard of what you were talking about earlier this week with I seen that. With what? I, I got I got a couple things that bother the hell out of me. Um, ask and X. Oh, oh yeah the 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 uh, the uh, uh, grammar mistakes we talked about earlier. Yeah, I just want to smack somebody. Um, That's a cultural that. thing, though, more than it is. Uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. And, and you know how cultural it got? It's actually an official spelling in the dictionary now. Yeah. Uh, X. Uh, an- another one. Uh, that's a whole other story. What? As if they're pronounced. That's what it's called. That's what they say. Oh, oh that's a whole a whole other story. Like it's one word. No, it's a whole other story. Three words. Right. Am I getting nitpicky on this? No, 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 no. By the way, my wife just reminded me. She wanted me to tell you that she, we did not like the new True Detective. Too weird. I didn't. I didn't either. Oh, I thought you liked it. No, that's the only reason I watched it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I, I like the first and the third season. All right, the, se- the second and the fourth, not so much. Okay. And finally, does I couldn't care less mean the same thing as I could care less? Um, yeah, because you, if you say I couldn't care less, that means you're at the lowest level of care that you could give that situation. If you say, ah, oh, I could care less, that means there's still time for you to care less. You, there's still there's room to go. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Yeah. Uh, I got a big story. I hope this makes Shannon Burke's week. It was announced on Monday. There is going to be a remake of a very famous film. Uh, it's going to start filming in July, and it's due out in 2025. I'm not really big on remakes, but what do you got? Well, neither of us are. <clears throat> it's got to suck. There's got to be a reason for you to remake it. All right? <clears throat> We're going to do this in three steps. Oh, I know what this is. I know. I you saw, do? Yeah. Are you talking about uh, Ghostbusters? No. Ah. No. Good. So I did get it. Okay. Listen to this cast. This is Order of Billing. Ryan Gosling. Amy Adams. Rachel McAdams, Logan Lerman, Malcolm McDowell, Mark Wahlberg, Emma Watson, Kiefer Sutherland, Nicholas Holt, Julianne Huff, James Woods, Quentin Tarantino, Steve Sharippa, and Harry Connick Jr. That's the that's the premier cast. Wow, it's a that's a that's an A list. That's an A list. And it's being directed by Christopher Nolan. Wow. You know, am I supposed to guess what the remake is? I'll give you a big hint. All right. I liked it a little. You didn't like it very much. And Jonathan Morris loves it. Um, Roadhouse? <laughs> Godfather 3. Oh, they're remaking 3? Yes, that's the uh, only one worth remaking. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. I don't want him to remake one or two. And you know... You can't remake Christopher, one or two. No, you don't. Yeah, but you can remake three in a big way. 
Yeah. And the only thing wrong with that movie really was the casting of Mary Corleone, who's being played by uh, Emma Watson from Harry Potter fame. So they got a kick-ass cast here. Uh, They they credit Nolan with the screenplay, and I hope he doesn't change it too much because that screenplay was good. Um, And it's due out, get this, on uh, December 25th, 2025, 30 days or 30 years to the day after Uh, the release of the first one. Oh, the first uh, Godfather 1 or 3? Godfather 3. Oh, okay. It was released on Christmas Day, 1990. So Godfather 3, to me, represents the reason you stop. You know, the stories, you've had two amazing films in one and two. They were both incredible. And you should have quit while you were ahead. He did not want to do it. And he, he did it out of desperation. He made like six clunkers in a row. And he was bankrupt. And they came to him and they say, "We'll give you six million just to say yes." And they gave him a chunk of the of the gate, and it got him out of bankruptcy. And it got nominated for best picture, probably just because they yeah. felt like they had to. Yeah, it's because of the name. And Andy Garcia got nominated for best supporting actor, which he was great. Um, but Christopher Nolan doing a remake of that movie, I just think it's going to be golden. And I can see Ryan Gosling playing Michael Corleone. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, also this week, uh, on Sunday, was the SAG Awards show. And this is the first time, uh, that's Screen Actors Guild, uh, that it was shown on Netflix. Oh. And you think, well, no, it's it, it was real good because, at, you know, at the Golden Globes, they give... All the nominees, a bunch of liquor, and you know, oh, halfway yeah. through, they get up there and they start just spouting off. Uh, not only did they give them liquor, it was on Netflix, so they could use whatever language oh, they wanted oh. to. All right, and, and they did. There, I counted like ninety f bombs while this whole thing was going on. Uh, and you're like, you're watching an award show. Everybody's in tuxes and you know their best dresses. And then, you know, F this, F that. No effing way I'm going to do this. So it, that's turned into the best award show. Uh, on the downside, it looks like it's going to pre- be a preview for the Oscars where the D-I-E thing is going to come in. I know it's D-E-I. I like saying D-I-E. Um, where this woman, Lily Gladstone, in Killers of the Flower Moon, who is an obese over- or overweight FD plus size, whatever you want to say. She won because she's a overweight nat, uh, Native American. Yeah. She practically, did you see the movie? Did you Have you seen it yet? No, no. Yeah, she practically sleptwalked through this thing. And it, it's a shame because Emma Stone played this like Frankenstein-like character in Four Things, and she didn't win. Uh, and one of the most awkward moments of the evening was Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis who were once romantically connected, and they starred together in The Fly, and they came out to present Best Ensemble, which is the SAG equivalent of Best Actress, or Best Picture, and they just looked so uncomfortable. It was it was, it was was disgusting. Um, the best part about it, though, it was uh, hosted by uh, Idris Elba, and he just laid on the cool the whole way through. Uh, so, and you could go back uh, on Netflix and watch the whole show. That's another great thing. Usually, when that happens, you got to go to YouTube. You get a bunch of commercials. This thing's played all the way through. No commercials. You can skip through whatever you want. So, 
Check that out. Maybe that's the uh, way to save awards shows, you know, to get them off of uh, broadcast television. Yeah. I think Netflix should handle all of them. Could be. Or any other uh, streaming service where you don't have any problem with profanity. All right. Our long winter of discontent is over next week. Titles coming out over the next three weeks. I've got at least one per week that are five out of five stars. However, that's next next week. We got to deal with this week first, and uh, that is Dune Two. And we touched on this last week. Neither of us are fans of this, and it's uh, it's at ninety four percent with the critics, ninety five percent audiences. And I have to agree. If you like this kind of movie. You're going to love it. But it's got all of these characters with all of these weird names. Uh, it's like uh, Star Wars or Star Trek on acid. And it's just keeps what going Steve, on and on and Sting's on. Sting's character in Dune 1, its name was Fade. Yeah, they got a character with that name in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, it's two hours, 46 minutes, which is just 25 minutes less than The Godfather. Uh, and the bad thing or good thing, depending on your perspective, is they've got seven more books in this series. They are going to be making Dune movies, Shannon, after your grandchildren have died. Ugh. They're just going to milk this thing to death. It's going to become the new Star Wars. It's going to do huge business. And it's so big, it scared all the other studios away. What do you there's mean? No other, there's no other major studio releasing anything this week. Really? Nope. Uh, but one movie that I do like, it's called uh, Hodorowsky's Dune. This is a Polish director, and it's a 2013 documentary about his failed 1975 attempt to make Dune. This is before the David Lynch version. And he had all kinds of problems with uh, budget, trying to get people together to commit to it. He was all for it. He had... The, the music down, the music was going to be provided by Pink Floyd and Magma, um, a progressive band I've never heard. Uh, with this cast, Salvador Dali, Orson Welles, wow. Mick, Mick Jagger in the Sting role, and David Carradine. Wow. Uh, and it's a much more entertaining thing. It's not nearly as long. Again, it's called Hodorowsky's Dune. And it's on Voodoo uh, Prime, Apple, and HBO. 4.5 out of 5 for me. 98% critics, 89% audiences. Uh, two other science fiction movies uh, out this week. Actually, one's a, a series and another's a Netflix movie. First is called Constellation. And they've released uh, four out of the eight episodes so far. The fifth and the sixth come out this weekend, and it's kind of like a low-rent Christopher Nolan movie uh, with a little bit of gravity tossed in. And Numi Rapace, uh, weird name, she's from uh, Sweden. Uh, she starred as the title character in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy, the, the foreign oh, language yeah. version of those. And she plays an astronaut. She goes up in space. Something funky happens. She gets back home. And nobody's the same. Her daughter doesn't recognize her. And it has some really good thriller elements in it. Uh, but it just didn't hook me no? as much as I had wanted it to. 
but the critics like it at 73, audiences even more at 82. And again, it's an eight-part series. It started two weekends ago on Apple. Uh, five and six tonight, seven and eight next week. Only Apple? Only Apple. Uh, this is a Netflix movie that I didn't find out about until last Friday. It's called Spaceman. Terrible title. Terribly generic title. And it stars Adam Sandler in a dramatic role. Only like his third dramatic role after uh, Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems. And he plays an astronaut who is assigned to go to the far end of the galaxy wherever the hell that might be, and then come back. He's married uh, to uh, Carrie Mulligan, and she's pregnant, and she's getting depressed because he's going to be gone for like a year, six months out, six months back. And Sandler starts having these hallucinations while he's traveling, or we're not sure if it's a wormhole or a hallucination, but it's a human-sized, eight-legged spider voiced by Paul Dano, who's <laughs> spouting all of this cosmic stuff, meaning-of-life stuff, and Adam Sandler's getting more confused as it goes along. And there's some really good bits. You know, we both loved Uncut Gems, yeah, and Adam really Sandler has proved that he can do dramatic work. And I just wish they'd have flushed this, or flushed this thing out just a little bit more because uh, they're both, both him and the Mulligan characters are from Eastern Europe, like Czechoslovakia. But Sandler's speaking with an American accent and uh, Mulligan speaking with her native British accent. So that kind of took me out of the, the action right away. I mean, either just stick with one accent and or it, change the origin of the characters. So that was a, a big issue. I would instead recommend a movie from 2009 called moon and uh this thing came and went at the box office i loved it it was on my top 10 for that year and it stars sam rockwell in kind of the same role where he goes to the moon uh, by himself to do a lot of experiments and he's up there for years and he goes stir crazy he doesn't know he's not dealing with anybody else the only people he's talking to are on a radio and it was written and directed by duncan jones who is the son of david bowie oh uh his first three movies were excellent they were all science fiction uh gems and this is this is just an amazing film uh again it's called moon with sam rockwell it's pretty much a one-man show you hear other people's voices on the radio and you see a couple pictures of some other people but it's his movie he carries the whole thing uh, that's on Voodoo Prime and Apple. Five out of five for me. 90% with critics, 89% with audiences. And again, from Duncan Jones, son of David Bowie. There are three throwbacks. I was trying to get a theme together uh, this this week and couldn't. Uh, and found myself watching three different movies about food. All right. Uh, and one is called Big Night. This is from 1996. And it stars Stanley Tucci. And Tony Shalhoub as brothers in a Midwestern uh, Italian restaurant who are waiting for this big time critic to show up and review their restaurant. This guy could either make or break them. 
Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, for dramatic sake, these brothers do not get along. They bicker constantly. Uh, Tucci is front of the house. Uh, Shalhoub is the cook. And their respective female counterparts are Minnie Driver and Isabella Rossellini. And I interviewed Tucci. It was one of the first interviews I ever had. And he directed it and wrote it as well. And it's just one of these movies that I've never even heard of this. And you stumble upon it and you're like, this is really good. You got, you know, this Italian Goomba thing going on in a good way. And this brother confrontation and then the women thrown in on the side. I like Tony Shalhoub, too. He's, he's a great actor. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're making all of these amazing Italian dishes uh, as the movie progresses. Uh, I, I can't give it enough praise. Five out of five for me. 97% critics, 84% audiences, uh, Voodoo, Prime, and Apple. This is a bittersweet movie. Uh, it's called Waitress. Came out in 2007, and uh, it actually made it into a musical last year, which I, it was on the stage. I don't know how it worked out, but Carrie Russell plays this uh, woman who's in a relationship with a, a dirt bag who abuses her and takes all her money, uh, and she works at this uh, restaurant alongside Cheryl Hines, hmm. also known as uh, Mrs. RFK Jr., and a woman named Adrian Shelley, who wrote and directed the movie as well. And it's this, like, it's a pie restaurant in Nowheresville in the South. And Carrie Russell finds uh, this doctor, a gynecologist. She starts having an affair with him. It's very funny. Uh, again, centered on pies. They go into great description about how she's making all of these weird pride pies. And you're going to watch this and you want to go out and just buy a pie and eat the whole thing. Uh, the kind of bittersweet thing about it is Adrian Shelley, and this figures into the news right now, be after the movie was done and before it debuted uh, at Sundance, she was in her office in New York, and she got murdered by an illegal alien. Oh. Cut her career short. Uh, she didn't know the kind of success this movie was going to have. And it speaks to uh, what happened um, you know, up in Georgia, up in Athens, yeah. you let these illegal aliens in. They're just going to run rampant and kill people willy-nilly. Uh, and they ended up making a documentary about her uh, called Adrian, uh, which you can also see. Uh, four and a half out of five for me. Uh, 89 critics, 74% audiences. And again, it's called Waitress. Uh, and this is a TV show that came and went in 2005. And I can't believe it didn't do better. And it's called Kitchen Confidential. Oh, yeah, I remember that. This is based on the novel by Anthony Bourdain. And they decided to debut it, like, right before the NFL playoffs. So they got, like, three episodes aired. And then they, like, preempted the next three weeks with NFL games. And by the time they got back to the fourth, the interest had waned. And then they didn't even uh, air the remaining nine episodes. And it stars Bradley Cooper as yeah. Jack Bourdain, who is a, a stand-in for Anthony Bourdain. And it's a it was shown on ABC. It's a very, for a network show, it was very risque. He's banging the front you know, the hostess and one of the waitresses. Yeah. 
There's all kinds That's of accurate. malfeasance. It, it was accurate. Yeah, it was accurate to Bourdain's book. And to and, the industry uh, itself. <laughs> exactly. You were in both the front uh, and the back rooms of the, of the uh, restaurant. Well, and unfortunately, you cannot see it anywhere streaming. But you can get it on DVD. And it's worth getting because the, the, they only aired four episodes out of 13. So the, the, re the remaining nine episodes were never shown on TV. But you can get this two DVD set for like 12 bucks on Amazon. And uh, it's definitely worth getting if you're into either Bradley Cooper or uh, Risque Comedy. Or Bourdain. Or, or Bourdain or having anything to do with food. Uh, three and a half out of five for me. 65% uh, critics, 80% IMDB audiences. Uh, and again, it's available only on um, DVD. DVD. And uh, again, getting back to the next three weeks, uh, we have a movie next week uh, about an American, uh, Italian-born American saint, uh, and it's produced by uh, Angel Studios, same director as Sound of Freedom. All this right. thing's going to be huge. Uh, uh I think it's going to do bigger business than uh, Sound of Freedom. Then you have a movie, uh, a seven-part series the week after that called Manhunt, which is about that 12-day period after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and the capture and murder of John Wilkes Booth. Mm -hmm. The John Wilkes Booth character is the main character in the series. And this is a you see anything about Civil War or the Lincoln assassination and this 12 day period is just touched upon. They barely go into detail with it. And I'm a big Civil War buff. And I found out a lot of things during the series, which Apple showed me like two months ago. So they're very confident as right. They should be. It is a phenomenal series. And that comes out on the 15th. So. The, again, winter's over, spring's here, it's going to quickly get into summer, and the roster between now and uh, the 1st of July. Any looks, big, big blockbuster, like, franchise movies coming out? Not that I want to see. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, they're going to be out there, and we've talked about this, too, these type of movies, like Dune. Uh, I'm sure there's some people in the audience who are really revved up to see it. And they don't care what I think. And it's a critic-proof movie. It's like Star Wars or Star yeah. Trek or any of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, I don't have to see these things. I did this for you, <laughs> dude. I saw this movie for you. Thank so, you. So um, we, um, you know, I, I just, I don't care for them. There's people who don't care for them. Look, that's movies. your job. You don't like it, you don't like it. You're not there to spoon feed them, you know? That's not your, not well, your gig. but I, I like to temper it to qualify to make you know I'm not going to like this movie no how no matter how good it is so don't take my word for it if you like it if you like this kind of thing then go for it if you I hate it then they, they say f you f, f Mike Mike doesn't know anything you know what we're talking about and, and that's why it's critic proof they don't care <laughs> they don't care what the critic thinks on this kind of movie on something really <clears throat> low budget and low visibility like Big Night or Waitress or Kitchen Confidential, yeah, a critical opinion could make or break it or at least get somebody to try it out. So that's right. the difference between these indies and the big ones. 
Read Mike's reviews in Newsmax Magazine at uh, thefederalist.com and at Epic Times. Uh, Mike, good to talk to you, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good week. Thank you, dude. And we'll talk to each other, what, next week at 5 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, that's right. Everybody bumps up uh, an hour as we move to our new signal and the new uh, lineup. Can't wait. I can start drinking earlier. Amen, brother. <laughs> All, All right, right dude. Thanks. See All right. <clears throat> when we return, we've got plenty of your remarks to get to. Uh, also, a, uh, a weather, a rather odd explanation of why the Texas Panhandle is uh, the worst wildfire in Texas history. Um, uh, and Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady may be plotting a comeback. Hang on. It's a Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. That woman beat the brakes off of me. I never disrespected my mother after that, ever. Wait a minute. So you're saying if we hold these parents accountable and that it's going to suddenly prevent them from doing it, these kids are going to look at it as, man, mom and dad are going to take the fall with me. Mother would spank harder than dad did. That learned us real quick. What happened to the times where your parents look at you and you straighten up? Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Okay, man, time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Having low income can mean making tough choices. Choosing between paying for food or medication or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI, administered by Social Security. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. This message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense.
rescue Dagan off the bridge today was amazing. Where was that? I forget where it was. Uh, Kentucky, I want to say. They uh, put a guy down on a uh, on a line. The, the driver of the truck's in the cab. It's dangling off the edge. It's literally swaying in the breeze. Yeah, the dude needs to get a lottery ticket. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I didn't see that, how it turned out, but... He's Texas. good because he didn't fall to his death. Yeah. So that would have been the, what the TV was shown. Pretty brave. So the Texas uh, panhandle <clears throat> is on fire. Um, one of the biggest, the biggest fire in, in Texas. One of the second biggest, they say, in uh, U.S. history. <clears throat> but you don't hear a whole lot of climate change talk around this fire, do you? Not really. Um, the uh, they there's a lot because of a lot of reasons. Uh, it's very difficult to access. The terrain there is very rugged. It's not the, like the flat area of the panhandle. Um, and this is the reason being given of why it's so severe. There, obviously, there are high winds there and, and what have you. Uh, the quote is uh, from the National Weather Service Amarillo. Parts of Texas panhandle received up to 13 inches of rain in just 30 days. This was months worth of rain for the area. Due to that factor, vegetation was able to grow and then be available to burn with this fire. So, see what. So, if we what really here, leaned into the climate change to have like a super dry season, there would have been nothing to burn. Right. But because this pesky rain came along and caused the vegetation to grow, that's just fuel for the fire later when it got dry. I mean,. <clears throat> it's it's better than blaming it on, you know, fossil fuels, <laughs> right? But it's still a cockeyed uh, explanation. But it, but it is really, uh, the terrain is very difficult to access there. I don't hear people go, well, Texas always says we manage our forests. That's why we don't have wildfires. Well, this is the first fire, forest fire in Texas of note in I don't know how long. And they've never had one this severe, so... And no one ever says that. Yeah, that just happens. Nature, you know. We have a lot of remarks. I don't want to miss any. Shall we? From the Florida Man Radio app, powered by Morris Family Farms and Organic Meats, the app is your key to replays the show. If you want to be yesterday's show guy, uh, there are the podcast section, commercial free. Uh, and at the bottom, there's a button, and you hit it and talk. You don't need to use the entire 30 seconds. To the lady that called about Clovis Bass, yeah, and he calls to try and tries to disguise his voice, but we can hear the heavy breathing. <laughs> Sometimes he can be very, rather creepy. Shannon, Maverick here. I remember those days when uh, my mom used to ask me to go outside and get the something out of the freezer. Uh, Hey, little Maverick, can you go get the ground meat out the freezer? I, uh, I can't find it, Mom. Uh, it, it's behind Grandpa. Oh. Found uh -oh. it. My mom used to send me to the freezer to do this. My house is triple protected from fires. Not only do I have the blue roof, but I have blue asbestos as insulation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Shannon, been a while. Hey, I was thinking about putting a bottle of Jameson in my big mouth billy bass. 
give me 500 bucks for that? Just asking. I can't believe a grown man still has a big, big uh, Billy Bass. Big Bass. I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to pay you $500 to do it. <laughs> Hell no. I, you know, stuffing a beer into a squirrel, not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's not the first time something like that has been done. You know, I, I've seen it stuffed into a beaver at a stag party. And <laughs> All right. she was glad to do it for my buddy for a five spot. Okay. Also ping pong balls. <laughs> you know, me and Chippendale were sitting here discussing this dark history about, uh, with Eric about drinking a 55% beer out of a stuffed squirrel. I'm all for it, but uh, he doesn't seem to like the idea. But I know one thing, when he's ready to go on to the great beyond, I'm getting him taxidermy and stuffing a bottle up his butt, and I'm going to drink some vodka straight out of him. Yeah, get ready for it, buddy. Mayor's milk. Golly, I bet your body, I bet it is a laxative. Your body's rejecting it. That's probably why you, you have to crap when you drink it. Yeah, from uh, a species of, you know, that we don't normally drink. I mean, goats, cows and goats is pretty much it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was in the uh, San Antonio airport last year, and they have a restaurant in there, and they have a brisket Bloody Mary. Oh, my God, it was so good. It's got a big old thick slab of brisket in it. It's rimmed with their uh, rub. Oh. Uh, I didn't realize they were $17 a piece, <laughs> but I had two of them, but it was delicious. So if you're ever in that airport, check it out. All right. When does a Bloody Mary become too much? You've seen the I mean, I've seen them where I've had the, them where there's chicken wings and a burger on them. Yeah, burger on a on a skewer. It's, I've seen a photograph of a rotisserie chicken on a skewer <laughs> above one of them. Uh, yeah, that it it does. You you can you can over garnish your Bloody Mary. As in the yes. Hello, Eric. I'm the guy who usually calls in and says the woke need to go back to sleep. But whoever designed vodka that tastes like salmon, which I hated salmon Wednesday night was salmon night when my mom cooked, uh, I ain't got no use for it. Yeah. Uh, F salmon. That's as bad as the woke. Salmon-flavored vodka. I'm out. Man, Sam hates salmon. Wednesday nights, salmon night. Well, damn, I hate Wednesday nights. It's salmon night. I didn't have nights at home. You know, like we couldn't count on like a pork chop night or spaghetti night. Yeah, or, my parents weren't that either. That was very, uh, that's very organized. Hey guys, and Miss Heather, this is Katie from Crestview. Yes, this is my third open mic because it's been a wonderful show and I got lots to say. But myself personally, I infuse our bacon vodka for the Ruby Slipper in Destin. Go where on. I actually weigh out cooked bacon and pour vodka on top of it, and it is amazing and delicious and salty and savory. And what? I also make our Bloody Mary mix in house. So yeah, come see me next time you're on the Emerald Coast. Just saying. Oh yeah, we gotta yeah carve out some time. Hello, next time. Wow, that, that that sounds good. Rather than like a couple of drops of this chemical, and you know. Hey guys, T-Bone from Atlanta. I've never heard of uh, Three Penis Wine, but I know there's quite a few young ladies that found out about Bill Cosby's uh, powerful pill pecker pudding. <laughs> God. I always picture EZ standing up like in front of the class doing a book report when he does uh, 
dark history. He does stand up and do a book report too. Every time. Uh, Kate Squirrel checking in. Hey, Shannon. Thinking back, man. The last time I was at Kate's, she gave me these pills, man. I thought it was, you know, for some fun time. And she kept feeding me these really icy margaritas. I think she wanted to jumpstart that freezing process to join that cat. You want a toe? I get you a toe. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want a toe. Thank you. Good to know we have a listener that can get us a toe. Well, we needed I mean, one. A maybe. You're a maybe? A, yeah, can I put a maybe really? on that? Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, Heather, <laughs> you want to... <laughs> no. No? You could not get a toe? No. All right. You'd, get, you'd love to find one on the street, though, wouldn't you? Oh, my you? gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. You guys were talking about vodka. And as much as we love Tito's, have you ever had Deep Eddie vodka? It's also made in Austin. Yeah. It's actually made in uh, Dripping it's Springs. It's really smooth. It's a very good vodka. Yes, I've had it. I have several bottles of it. It's made in uh, just uh, a little south of Austin. Dripping Springs. Dripping. If you're in, if you're Texan in the air, I'm headed down to Dripping. Yeah, I'll be all Dripping with this vodka. <laughs> hey, there's a guy. Very funny about your operation, Shando. Anyways, I wrecked a bike oh, once. Lady hit me. Laid and sprawled out and rode. Split my pants from stem to stern. Asked her to get my leather jacket and cover me up. Ambulance shows up. It's two women. She goes, give me the jacket. I'm like, oh, hell no. Uh, I used to be bashful back then. Anyways, beater, beater. Funny, funny. Hope you're wearing clean underwear, buddy. Me and my ex were together for 16 years. I got a 56 Chevy, 69 Chevelle Super Sport, and a 63 Impella. She told me that we should sell a couple cars. I told her them are my cars. So the third time she told me I needed to sell a car, I told her me and you are done. Get your stuff and get out. Not serious. Told her cars before her. And split up. Wow. I've been happy. Look, that's a, a major thing, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's the man's uh, treasure and his hobby. Okay, hang on a minute. I did not drive all the way back from Atlanta with the dead cat. I brought an, a living cat home that was really old and sickly, and she made it a while, and then she passed and went to the freezer to be cremated. There you go. Okay. Have a great weekend. Good. I love you all. Good. Madly. Still been in the freezer for almost five months. <laughs> yeah. It's about time. Yeah. I don't know that the frozen pizza is supposed to last that long <laughs> in the freezer. I have my evening planned. I invited over my three amigos, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, and Steve Martin. And we're going to have a glass of Trace Latest Milk and chase it with three penis wine. Oof. All right. The best part about this Arctic glacier ice is not that it came from the exotic lands far away, but that it pisses off some little liberal pansy. That's the best part. <laughs> it, it really is. 
Greenland glacier ice. We chip it, ship it, you sip it. You didn't know that? You didn't know that, man? Hey, Shannon. I just want to remind the people of Georgia that we have early voting going on right now. Um, you ain't got to wait till election day. Um, if you have a day off, uh, it rained today. I had the day off. I went straight down there and voted. First time I could. L- let's play their game. All right. Uh, I'm going to tie in yesterday's show with today's show. Instead of filling the balloons up with helium, you could fill them up with hydrogen. Just keep them away from the birthday cake yeah. when you're singing happy birthday. <laughs> no, get it. I used to do that with those giant round toy balloons with the huge rubber band hanging off of them. We fill that up with hydrogen, put some deck cord on it, and we blow that bitch up way over the neighborhood. Freaked <laughs> everybody out. Modified wow. the grill to run on hydrogen, too. Made everybody Hindenburgers. <laughs> wow, it's beautiful how Star Wars and Star Trek are nothing like Dune, and Star Wars and Star Trek are nothing like each other. What a hack. Stick to making horrible hot sauce, man. Uh-oh. Movie critic fight. That hot sauce is kick-ass, though. Critic fight! Critic fight. Shannon, I told you that movie man liked Godfather 3. And you said I was crazy and no, wrong. He, he didn't like it. And you didn't ask him about the other cockfighting movie, Skin Deep. No, I did. With John Ritter. He doesn't like Godfather 3. Jonathan Morris does, so. Jonathan Morris, yeah. Damn, movie man, Mike. You forgot about the Adam Sandler movie, Rain Over Me, with Don Cheadle, Liv Tyler, Donald Sutherland. That was a great movie. Donald Sutherland. Hey, Shannon, I don't know if you've seen Resident Alien, but it's a really good show on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's a comedy. I heard this. It's got a lot of heart. It's uh, a nonstop thrill ride. I think you and Kim will really enjoy it. Also, my throwback is a film called Debbie Does Dallas, and I think you'll like it because of the storyline and because of your Texas ties. Hello, Shannon. Bob from Atlanta. Hey, everyone, if you're upset that all these shows are going away, at least we still got the Burke Show. I'm happy for them. Congratulations. And if you don't like it, go cry somewhere else. Thank you. What uh, Shows are going away, huh? Thank you. We're happy to. Yeah, I think I caught the tail end of Mike talking about Dune 2, but uh, just reminded me that I went to see Dune 1 in, in theaters few years back and that's probably the only movie i've ever fell asleep in the theaters <laughs> watching just just I so didn't dark, get it. such a dark movie but it was hot when it came out i was also stoned and it had been oh on that's show. what it was well, right. i mean the original one with comic laughlin sting and yeah. all them was just ugh. it was cringe but all the high school chicks loved it tom brady's making a comeback yeah And a couple years ago, I had this chick I was seeing, went out a couple times, and then we, she finally let me smash. And she came to me afterwards and said, I wasn't comfortable asking this before, but now that I've given you some, could I get some money? And I said, uh, no, it wasn't that good. Oh. Uh, Needless to say, I never got to smash again. (laughs) (laughs) Men are such pigs. I just smashed. We smashed. I bashed. You know. 
Shannon, the rep that uh, wants the sex dolls, I don't know if you saw the video, but if you haven't, you need to find it, man. The look on everybody else's face in that room is priceless. Oh, it gives me some hope for I our government. It, yeah, it's it's all mouths again. <laughs> like, what the hell? Really? Hey, Shannon, do you do a, your visual feed only on Facebook? I got kicked off of Facebook. I was just wondering if you ever do the Rumble feed or anywhere else I can see it. With 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 our move uh, to a new uh, frequency here in Central Florida, 1031, eventually, not right away, <clears throat> we will move from the current physical studio we're in into the other studio where the other station was because it's bigger, mm-hmm. it's more suited, it's got a glassed-off room. There's just got to be some retooling. The visual feed we were working on was running on a computer that had a hand crank, and it's dead. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we'll, uh, once we're settling over there, we'll be doing it. Hey, Shannon. So I used to work for the uh, Bureau of Land Management as a wildland fire firefighter. One of the things that we used to indicate what kind of a fire season we we're going to have is how much snow we got in the winter. We got a lot of snow. We were going to have a lot of grass. Means we're gonna have bad fire season. No snow, no grass, no fires. So, yeah, I can believe that being true there in Texas. Thank God that I blame global warming for it. You can't overdo a Bloody Mary, boys. Come on, this is America. That's what America's all about. Freaking steaks and and uh, a whole buffet on top of a Bloody Mary. Be do be do. Yo. Yes, when I was in high school, my uh, English teacher, she kept her dead cat in the trunk of her car all winter because she said the ground was too frozen to dig a hole and bury it. (sighs) She said keeping it in the trunk of her car was the most humane thing to do because then the corpse would stay frozen. Yeah. All this talk about salmon's funny, man. I had to go to a business today, figure out how to run fiber into the building. I swear to God, her name was Susie Salmon. <laughs> no other joke around it. That was just Hell, I'll get you a toe by 2 p.m. with nail polish. <laughs> are there two different squirrels now? I'm- I think there are. If you don't impose the rule, is it even a rule? Tim from Atlanta. This is my fifth open mic tonight. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy, Heather, Sparky352. I can't get you a toe, but I can get you a finger. <laughs> Great show, guys. Be do be do. We never talked about uh, missing toes that, that, that day. We talked about missing fingers. Found that like somewhere around 47% of our audience is missing a finger. I think they have them in their junk drawer, too. <laughs> no matter how horny you guys are for Kate, just remember she has frozen dead cats in her freezer. Be do be do. I can't be the only one asking this question. What's the carbon footprint on those stupid ice cubes? And I'm not so sure about this early voting stuff. That just gives them a, he- gives them a heads up as to how many votes they're going to have to fabricate Produce, to yeah. win. may want to sandbag that vote and go check and make sure you haven't been deemed a mail-out vote to somebody else right. a couple of days before the election. Beedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedabeedab
Uh, I sent a message last week for a show idea that I think is pretty good. So check it out. Beater, beater. Would love, uh, that love getting uh, show ideas. Goes to Terrell, and Terrell is chained in a basement somewhere. Our Facebook messages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, T-Bone from Atlanta, one more time. Congrats on the move, guys. Bidu, freaking Bidu. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. I bet Kate has a dong. <laughs> oh. Kate is not a dong. Those are this week's remarks. Thanks for leaving them. Uh, they're powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Let's take our last uh, break of the of the uh, of the show here. Uh, and the last break of the last segment of the last broadcast on this frequency in Central Florida. We'll wrap it up for you next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. I'm Latoya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes and cars, jobs, benefits. PVA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. Central Florida listeners um, that, uh, you know, either hear us on 105.5 or listen on the app. This will be the last time you'll hear us on 105.5. Um, we move Monday to 103.1 FM. It's a, uh, compared to this signal that we're on here, it's a monster. Um, and uh, so, you know, the lineup's going to change a little bit. Uh, I don't, lineups freak people out, but you, it, these things happen, and trust me, you'll get over it after a while. Uh, it'll be Bubba in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Uh, a rising superstar in, in, in spoken word talk radio, uh, Don Miller, from 10 till 2. Um, and then <clears throat> another uh, rising superstar, uh, a Shannon Burke show, uh, at 2 to 6. 
So that's Eastern time. And then after that, Jesse Kelly. This is on both both of our stations, both in the panhandle and here. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be able to do one. Uh, I know. And I love Mark Lee Van, Mark Lee Van Camp and uh, the whole, I, I love that show. I really do. I've listened to it for a long time. And I know you're going to miss it there. There's other ways you can listen to it. Uh, we weren't able to work anything out to carry them in both markets. The, these licensing deals are difficult. Um, but uh, if you listened in Orlando and you, you know, had an issue with the signal, which a lot of people did, uh, that is over. And it puts us in the realm of competing with some stations that have, was well, station <laughs> in particular. That, yeah, one that's <clears throat> really close, like and, right across the air. It's, way it's literally, <clears throat> you could probably hit it with a rock <clears throat> from here where we are, uh, but it's really never had any competition. I used to work there. It's no big secret, uh, but it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Friendly competition. That's it for us this week. Thank you. Uh, to a great audience. Uh, thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Uh, we will return on Monday, three Eastern, two Central. What? Two. What? Two. In what? Two Eastern. Two Eastern. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Two Eastern. Thank you. Two Eastern, one Central. This will take some getting used to. Have a great weekend. We'll see you a Monday on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Shannon Burke. See ya.